It's time to grind through the end of the week. It's the Grinding Gear Podcast. I'm Garrett, and welcome to our first ever MMO roundtable. Uh, we've assembled a widespread of individuals who have, uh, uh, I would describe, a spectrum of experiences within uh, games like World of Warcraft and Final Fantasy XIV. Uh, some of us left WoW to play XIV, others just kept playing both. Uh, and, and then there's there's Jesse, who's been a Final Fantasy fan for so long, I'm fairly certain he didn't need any convincing whatsoever. Uh, but joining me today, as always, is Kyle Ferguson. Hi, Kyle. Hello. Good to see Hello. you, bud. Yes. And rounding out this VoIP roundtable is Jordan. You might know her as OK Mage. Mike, you probably know him as Preach. And the aforementioned Jesse Cox. Welcome, everybody. Oh, I'm waiting for the Star Wars thing, Jesse. Do it. That was the oh, time. Yes. Yep, no, I were... can't. It's, it's for Coming. a very specific point where I know we'll get to. Oh, and yeah. one of you is going to ask me a question, and then I'm just going to be like, boop. And then you'll you'll see. Oh, okay. Until then. All right. Burning the plan. Anticipation is criminal. For the for the audio good, viewers, good. he sadly a did shaking. not do a force wave gesture when he said boop. He just kind of booped, booped. Boop. There it is. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, yeah, uh, like boops you're looking for. Before we get into the thick of it, I did just want to pop in here real fast and remind you all that if you like this kind of content, if you like all the stuff that Kyle and I make together, well, you can support us. We have a Patreon. You can go to supportourbromance.com. It'll take you directly to our Patreon where there are suggested levels that you can sign up for. You can also sign up for however much works for you. You can actually, you can go in there. You can edit exactly how much you give us. Um, and we really appreciate any and all of the support that we get. And we've been putting out commentary tracks. As a matter of fact, our reaction commentary track for the live action One Piece Netflix show just dropped for rare level patrons and up. And we are... A mere 48 paid members away from our final goal uh, for the patron drive that we announced when we let it loose that cow's moving near me and we're going to be working in the same space for a lot of our content. So check it out. Supportourbromance.com. Got some nice perks for you over there. Thanks again for the support. Let's get back to the show. Yeah, we're calling this the, the post-BlizzCon roundtable, but I have a feeling uh, other MMOs uh, will will probably come up. Uh, but BlizzCon happened, and I mean, really, the only thing of note was all of the WoW news, uh, which was, there yeah, was, was quite WoW centric. It there did was, feel like a WoW convention, honestly. Yeah, that's how I've always yeah, like I when I first started going to BlizzCon, like I started in 2010. That's what I always thought of it as, and as the years went on, it seemed like less and less like it was a WoW convention. Um, and uh, th this is the first one I've skipped since I started going. Um, and but from the outside looking in, it seemed like it was very. It was very wow focused, the, but the Overwatch part was really long. You know, but, <laughs> took <up> time, <laughs> filled out the front. I mean, they they made us sit through thirty minutes of Rumble too to get to the World of Warcraft announcements. So, like the Warcraft part was very long too. It was. I don't remember anything other than Warcraft because they didn't actually announce anything for the other <laughs> games. I don't think they were like, and there will be more content for our other games. And here's World of Warcraft. <laughs> Well, I think they, they are uh... Overwatch. Yeah. Did they? Maui from Oh yeah, yeah, we got that new character. That's true. He yeah, was cool. Yeah. They announced a new uh, Hearthstone thing and uh no reason to watch. The crowd was as excited as you would expect. It was, I felt so bad for the woman giving the presentation. Oh, such a bummer. Like, Cora Nobody cares. rules and she did <laughs> such a good job presenting. Uh but yeah, and was, the crowd was like it was pretty they were whelmed. Yeah, Hearthstone's been out for a long. Wow, focused. Yeah, 
it's hard to have a surprise for Hearthstone at this point. It's a card game. They're going to keep making cards. Like it's, it's doing what it's doing. Uh, but yeah, I think they learned their lesson from the immortal year where they didn't end on the mobile game um, with Rumble. They, they ended on uh, announcing the next seven plus years of World of Warcraft content. Mm-hmm. Which, also, people were really annoyed at the opening ceremony because they couldn't get in with their friends because they held it in the different arena. And what they decided to do was your ticket got raffled and if you won individually, but like Kyle, you'd bought your ticket separately, you couldn't go in together. And obviously, uh, a Blizzard event, people turned up as entire guilds. So like odd people were getting access to the opening ceremony. And if your friends didn't, you just weren't getting in. And they had to go to an overflow queue. I just hope for the best. Uh, but it, that that was that was how the opening ceremony worked uh, was, for most people. That was so weird. And when when I heard word that they were raffling through social media, I was like, "That's that's odd." Like I thought they already figured this out. They spread the opening ceremonies across all of the stages. And then I pulled up the 2023 BlizzCon map, and I was like, "Oh, there's only one stage." Yeah, um, they're, they're that's a choice. Next time. Yeah. Yeah, it was that's... sad because there was a lot of couples and like one of them would get the lottery ticket to the opening ceremony and the other one wouldn't. So it was either somebody went by themselves or majority of the time they were just like, okay, I guess we're missing it then. Yeah. With about uh, 20 minutes to go, because we got in before they started letting people in, with about 20 minutes to go, they just opened the floodgates because uh, we watched the arena slowly fill from empty to full. 20 minutes before the stream starts, there's still like half the arena empty and they just went, let everybody in and it just... All the people in the overflow line just flooded in and they filled that place in the last 20 minutes completely. So it was, it was the StarCraft arena. It usually, the place they had the opening ceremony was where they usually just have StarCraft all day. Yeah. Uh, they have the StarCraft I think the last year it was Overwatch. But yeah. Yeah, it's, that's it's, where they announced Overwatch 2. Big success. It's gone on to amazing things. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. So how, how tinfoil should I be about this? Like how, how many sheets do I require here? Because it sounds like if you can't watch it outside, they just wanted a full audience. They wanted if the camera ever panned across the audience for it to look rocking. No, because it's always like that anyway. Like if they hold it in the main hall, so where the yeah. doors open, just everybody floods to the main hall and you can watch it anywhere in the arena normally. They rearranged some stuff because it wasn't organized by Blizzard is what we found out. Uh, it was organized by somebody else and they were like, oh, that's the arena. That's where the opening ceremony should be. Uh, and then, because also they divided up the games, didn't they? So it's like, oh, well, of course, this is the Diablo Hall, or this is the Overwatch Hall. Instead of it being like the Blizzard event, it was like, if you like Diablo, go here. If you like Warcraft, go here. Uh, mm. And it was only a minor change, but it was noticeable uh, that that was the case. Because for all the panels, they emptied the arena, and then you had to queue to get back in to see the panel. And the World of Warcraft news was so so massive that... They filled the arena again for the the panel, which was immediately after the opening ceremony. The what's next? Yeah, the uh, people couldn't get in. The panel for World of Warcraft was massive. The queue to get into that was just the longest thing I've seen. But uh, this was my first BlizzCon, so I didn't know that everything was supposed to be separated. I, I kind of expected it, but it felt very, oh, you know, only the Diablo fans are in there. It did feel like very separated, but I kind of thought, oh, well, that I guess that kind of makes sense because they are different games. But it it didn't. Yeah, it, it did kind of separate people a lot. Mm -hmm. yeah, huh. Was there, that. like, from the inside, was there a noticeable, uh, I know Preacher probably know this, just, like, from being there in the past, and you guys probably know this as well. Um, you know, when they had it separated by halls, there mm -hmm. were years where it was like, okay, big WoW expansion announcement, uh, and then 
nothing really for Diablo, but oh, we got Overwatch, but nothing really for StarCraft. And so everything we split, but there'll be s giant halls with kind of no one in them at the moment. Was it like that or was it a mix as people like went and um, did different things? It was a mix, actually. I'd say all the halls were pretty packed, apart from the Overwatch hall. Yeah, the so... Overwatch hall was during the Grand Finals. It was pretty busy. Yeah. Uh, the world, they had the World Finals of the Overwatch tournament there. That was pretty busy. The, the World of Warcraft one was so full that on the second day, the fire department showed up and had to <laughs> kick out. <laughs> oh, was that the Dark Moon uh, Fair? Out of Is the that fair, what the... yeah. Okay, yeah, I've I've read a, up a lot about but again, the, that. Was the Dark another... Moon fair. Yeah, it was a layout change because usually the Dark Moon Fair is actually in a different building on the, and they give the entire second floor of that building to the Dark Moon Fair. This time they put it in the Warcraft Hall. So it had World of Warcraft, it had World of Warcraft Classic, it had Warcraft Rumble, and it had the Dark Moon Fair in it and it was monster overloaded. Ooh. So the fire department turned up and went, this is not okay. Let's kick half the people out, and now you have to queue to get into the Dark Moon mm, Fair. Because yeah, on day a... one, you could just get... I don't want to say it was, like, shoulder to shoulder, it was but it was busy. very busy. Yeah. yeah. But you weren't, like, getting squashed or anything. It was just people moving around to the pins and then cycling around and stuff. Uh, but they were like, it's just too many people in this area. Yeah. Okay, I, so I, you I... can make some headlines out of that and make it seem... Can, it, it, yeah, sounds it, like, yeah, yeah. it sounds like a normie kind of decision. Like, oh, I'm, I'm planning for a normal convention. Everyone will leave and come back, but they forget the time-honored tradition of camping the hell out at BlizzCon, finding some seats and yeah. not moving at all. <laughs> and a lot of people don't have the, the health situation to queue for that long, right? That, that was part of the problem. Because I think um, the other issue I heard with it, I know it sounds like BlizzCon was terrible. It wasn't. I had a great time. Uh, but it had problems, right? Because they changed the organization. Uh, if you, They have pre-registry like two days before. Um, but if you did that, when you came on the day of the event, you had to get in the main queue of everybody else you pre-registered, which was a lot of the attendees because they'd met their guilds beforehand. They'd met their, you know, their friends online for the day or two before, been down and pre-registered, got all their merch and then taking it back. That was that queue, I think, was two and a half hours long. And they'd also stopped you being able to queue up to the building. They'd moved it back to the road. Uh, so for those of you who've attended, you know where the food trucks are between the Hilton and the Marriott? Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. Was yeah. All, that, that was all completely closed. That, uh, and the queue entry was back at the roundabout that you get into that oh, area wow. on. Yeah, so Wait, what that meant is... The line, but how the far line, back was the line? I'll, I'll, it was I'll have so to send far this. Back, yeah, yeah. It kind of weaved in and out of the ways around the hotels i guess but when i was driving up to the con in, in an uber the queue went down the main road you know there's that one main like road towards disney stretch. down the main yeah. road yeah, yeah like down they were the stood in people's road. gardens oh, i felt geez. so bad that how sucks. many people they were it went it went so far i think it I went mean, it down the first block sorry this is yeah. me being a brit trying to work out the block <laughs> i have the picture for really you guys fun. I was about to, that doesn't sound too different from the U.S. Fan what? Fest. Like that's the most, uh, that's the furthest away from where I was supposed to be. I've ever stood in a line to get into a place. It, it was what bananas. Hey, I sent you the picture. That red line is how far back the queue went. So you can see it actually ended up in people's neighborhoods, and they were stood in people's gardens and things. Uh, but I think some of these, a lot of these people missed the opening ceremony because it took so long to get people in. Okay, never mind. That is really long. <laughs> This is yeah. a nonsense. What? That's that's outrageous. This definitely. <laughs> this it, it's already been confirmed. It's new blood putting this together, organizing this, and boy, can you tell? There you go. Lessons will be learned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Oh, they're not doing this again. Like I said, uh, this was organized by somebody else. I'm not even sure they were originally, because pl the BlizzCon was announced really late. Uh, I don't think they were actually planning to have a BlizzCon this year. And then obviously they had the Microsoft deal coming through. So they kind of put something together because they knew that was going to happen. Uh, and somebody else kind of structured it. Because I spoke to some of the staff and they're like, we told them the Dark Moon Fair is going to be camped all weekend. And more and more people go there over the course of the weekend because they've seen the halls and now they want to play the mini games and stuff that's in the Dark Moon Fair and start messing around with pins and stuff. So it's going to be swelling by day two. Uh, but they 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 kind of went okay. We'll give it a decent amount of hall space. Uh, <laughs> that didn't work out. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Darkmoon Fair has always been small, the Darkmoon Fair. You'd have to queue like two hours. So when I went, it was really busy, and it was two to three hours for, to queue for one thing. So we were trying. It was like, okay, do we get in a queue? Because we haven't really done anything yet. So we we're gonna go queue, and then um, we queued for maybe about twenty minutes, and was like, okay, should we just ask about it just to make sure we're in the right place? And I was like, oh, make sure you buy a token first because you needed a token to participate in the thing that you were queuing for. Yeah. It was like a mini game, so you needed tokens. So I was like right okay so where do we get a token and there was like over there and it was like an even longer queue to get the token to then queue to play the game mm -hmm. so bye we bye like, bye bye uh... with money bye <laughs> <laughs> well yeah. i mean yeah, they, i remember cool stuff to buy. i've done the uh, capsule prizes a few a few years and yes. you, it was yeah. the, it was oh, like an arcade you had to give them money they would give you i, I actually kept a couple because they were cool looking blizzcon tokens like the year we yeah. went it had deathwing on it um and uh, it, you would get like a patch like yeah. you get a patch that was either horde or alliance and there's all sorts of fun things yeah, yeah. and it, i mean it was like i remember even the years i went to the dark moon fair it was pretty crazy my my it took my wife three years to get a, a moonkin plush just to go buy it that she wanted because oh. it was always a nightmare every time she went and one year she literally watched them grab the last one and give it to somebody after she waited in line oh. for an hour <laughs> So yeah, the Darkman Fair has always been pretty busy, um, but yeah, that that still sounds like it's it's notably uh, messier than usual. Did they I have pin trading as well? Yes, was that they did. So they had all the people gathering for pin trading, which mm -hmm. is a nightmare already. Plus all the other things. Yes, it, sh it should have been a separate building. Though, and it as was always. in. Um, so you you guys would know it. It was half of Hall A. So usually where the main stage is, it was so split the stage in half, and it was that left half of the room was Darkmoon Fair. Yeah, that's... Do you yeah. think it was just overbooked in general, then, was the problem? No, it was just a change of... Uh, the lack of experience of running BlizzCon for the people that ran it just made some little errors. And I think they made some assumptions of how usually conventions goes, because I think they're a convention organizing company. So, so they've organized things like the Game Awards or whatever. Uh, it's like, oh, okay, so Blizzard has these games. We have these many halls. So we divide it like that, right? Mm. That's how it works. And then Blizzard's like, okay, so we have the Darkmoon Fair. We have this, this, and this. Uh, and this is what we expect to happen. So like, okay, we should probably hold all the panels then in the arena. Instead of it being like the main hall, which is just full of chairs. And if you were tired or whatever, you could just go and sit there and sit through several panels. Because I know that's how I saw like Patsy do uh, the Sylvanas replay and the voice actor. Because I was waiting for the What's Next panel. I rock up and all the voice actors are doing stuff on stage. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. But that uh, they moved it all to the stadium, which uh, didn't work. They, they did several things that didn't work. But talking to the staff, they're like, yeah, it's not doing it like this again. Like, <laughs> we, we will take control of this. This is not exactly how we want it. Not to say it was like awful. Like, I think we're overplaying how you know, like some of the bad aspects of it. Overall, the, I thought the event was really, really good. Like the panels were fantastic. The, arena, the, the halls were 
beautiful. Oh my goodness. The Diablo hall was incredible. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. The Diablo hall, so it had like all mist and it was so atmospheric. And I've never played a Diablo game, but even I was like, <laughs> oh my God, I want to stop I play World of Warcraft and that's basically it. I spent 16 hours a day doing Mythic Plus. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I was like so excited about the Diablo Hall because it looked so cool. And I went in there and I was just absolutely blown away. It's really busy. By how amazing it was. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, overall, it was really busy actually. Overall, how did we all, I guess I'll just go around the table. How did everyone feel overall about the World of Warcraft presentation? Because Kyle and I did a, we did some live commentary for the opening ceremony. And because of ev- all the lead up to the World of Warcraft, like we, I think we walked away feeling like overall it seemed like a pretty low hype of BlizzCon except for the WoW stuff. And the more I thought about it over the weekend and I had like personal conversations with friends of mine that have, that have been like MMO buddies in real life for years. I, I, I came away and I was like, damn, I think that might've been the best WoW presentation I've seen at a BlizzCon. And I've seen quite a few of them. Uh, maybe Legion. Cause Legion was a pretty good presentation back in the day, especially with the year that they, uh, announced that the Argus patch like that went over really well. Yep. That seemed like a pretty, a pretty, uh, hype world of Warcraft, but, um, yeah, I guess around the table. Um, okay. Mage, how'd you, how'd you feel about it? Uh, I thought the whole opening ceremony and the announcements for all of the games, to be honest, were really, really cool. And I don't know if it's because it was my first time, but I was really hyped even about Hearthstone. I know we're saying, oh, you know, a new Hearthstone expansion, but the whole announcement for the 50 extra packs was really cool. And then the new Overwatch hero. I felt like in general, you, there was a lot of heart and soul, which I've personally felt has been missing from Blizzard games for a while, for me personally. I mean... I've not been playing as long as everyone else, but I just feel like it lost its way, especially in Shadowlands. So watching the presentation, it just felt like really positive and you could really feel like a lot of passion, which I think you haven't felt in a while. And in terms of the WoW announcements, it just felt positive. It felt like they were focusing on the right things rather than being a bit stubborn or a bit stuck in their old ways of we know better, we're not going to be no better than you you don't really know what you want it kind of felt like they was open especially you know with the hero talents not to go too much into it but like hero talents where they they announced it and then they said you'll have the freedom to customize this as you want you're not going to be restricted and seeing something like that is such a small thing but seeing something like that was meant so much because i remember shadowlands where you had the covenant system that was so restrictive and then you also had conduit energy which then restricted your conduits even more and it was just such a mess. You didn't really feel like you had a lot of customization. To kind of see that reverse of principles, let's say, I thought was really positive. So I really enjoyed it. Nice. Uh, positive, Polly. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, what did you feel about the uh, overall the, the Warcraft announcements? I kind of hoped they would call it World of Warcraft of Rel Reborn by the end of their uh, <laughs> announcement. Uh, it's. Uh, I mean, it was a, it was a clear and... I don't really particularly care about the other stuff with the other games, but uh, it was a very... I mean, Chris Betts had literally straight up said it. Like, that announcement, for me, wasn't really for the day-to-day World of Warcraft players. It was like a, they were trying to put a bat signal up for everybody who left uh, in the WoW Exodus, which is what it's called now. I mean, he literally said at the end, it's time to come home. We're, we're flipping the switch. We're, we're going a totally different direction. <laughs> this is what's happening. And he's like, it's time to come home. We're going to fix it, blah, blah, blah. And... Um, I, I was lucky enough to sit down with the with Ian and uh, have some time with him, uh, as well as every all the other guys, and kind of poke them and prod them about 
you, you say this, but we need to see it. They need to stick the landing if it's going in. Uh, but I agree with John, actually. After spending some time with them and uh, talking to them, it's like there's a genuine feeling there of of a, a, a humbled Blizzard, is how I would describe it. Uh, like, they they skated on the Blizzard train for so long, and then it derailed. Like, they, they get, their IPs genuinely have never been so ill-received ever mm. than they have been in the last six years, right? StarCraft is gone for all intents and purposes. I was really hoping StarCraft was going to make some sort of appearance because uh, they're not going to let that IP die, obviously. But nothing Phil was there. He said it on stage. He said the name. Yeah, he mentioned it. It wasn't on any of the BlizzCon <laughs> stuff, though. There was nothing no, there uh, at all. That, that, that was, sure the was on the most interesting bag. part of, of Phil's speech was. to me. But I can't remember. I don't even think it was on the bag. Hey, we got, uh, we got Heroes of the Storm on the bag, and we're Heroes really proud about that as HOTS fans. <laughs> yeah. uh, Jesse, Starcraft I, was gone. I saw you shaking your head when Mike said, come home, and I Pessimist. watched your War Within reaction, and it sounds like they got you. I, I believe in your War Within reaction, you said, damn it, they're going to get my money. Oh, yeah. No, I just think that line is hilarious because he's like, <laughs> Come home, and I'm. And, and what I did my recording, I was like, and pay fifteen dollars in rent a month. Like that's <laughs> the vibe. It's like okay, yeah, it's a home, but uh, it, it's a. It was a good appeal to emotion. I think the entire uh, presentation was a fantastic appeal to emotion because mm -hmm. while everyone was great on stage, nobody does it like Metzen, and the difference between him and everyone else presenting is so dramatic that you're just like. They need they need a new face. Unless they're gonna keep Carton Metzen out, they need someone to be the face of Blizzard. And I don't think they have it. No matter how many people they bring out, they're all good. They're fine. They're fine presenters, but no one like brings it as well as he does. Everyone is, has, so, has different energy, and particularly the, like a lot of the devs are a little more subdued. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I think I think the the best kind of person that represented that archetype was Kaplan when they had Kaplan because he had kind of this self-deprecating humor that that always worked for me but at some point you need a rallying cry you need someone Same with to ben bring bro, that though. like bro yeah. was great yeah and now he's gone too there just isn't anyone that I think is like captures that but again that man could sell me anything uh like I was <laughs> all right sure I'm okay there's a mobile game all right whatever and Hearthstone I don't play and never will so cool and then it's like, all right, number one, we're coming out. We're bringing you a uh, classic, but we're doing like season of discovery. And I was like, okay. And then they were like, okay, next up we're doing more classic, but it's cataclysm. And I was like, okay. Weird choice. I don't but know I guess how someone's that's excited. classic. I don't know how, I just don't understand the concept now of what classic means. Cause that's when the world changed. So how is it classic? I never, I'll never understand it, but if people love it, great. Enjoy. And then they were like, all right, here we go. Three expansions. It's going to be awesome. And I was like, okay, yeah, they got me. They got me. And I was very excited. And then the stream ended and I sat around for a little bit. And I realized this is how I feel. <clears throat> <laughs> I miss the idea of it. <laughs> but not the truth, the weakness. That's how I feel. I, I, <laughs> I love, I love WoW. I love what it is, but seeing the new content, like when they showed the new raid and I was like, so it's Emerald dream again, but with Firelands enemy, I was like, what, what, what is going? I don't think I can go back. I don't, I'm like, I got out. I may, I may be out. They may get me for season discovery, but I may mm -hmm. be out. 
because I was like, I, got, I spent 15 years playing. I was doing like 14 hour days. And now I'm like, maybe I, maybe I don't go back. Metzen got me, but uh, I don't know. Maybe it's just the vibe of like what they're trying to deliver that they're selling me on versus what it actually is. I got out of range of the aura. The fog lifted. Metzen left and you went, where am I? What was that? Yeah, yeah, he got me. I was like a fever dream. What? He chomped person to me and I was like, oh, what? Like the morning after the Hilton bar. Uh, Just... Not sure bit, how no. you got where you ended up. That's interesting. I'm I'm with you, by the way. Like I'm I think the retail presentation, like Metz's presentation was fantastic. One of the best, if not the best, mm-hmm. Warcraft BlizzCon presentation I've ever seen. Um, but I I I'm more hyped for season of discovery than anything else. And I'm yeah. middling at best on classic. Like I think it's cool. Is it think- a lack of trust? No, I think it just, I think it, this is the longest I've ever been out on, on, on wow as a whole, but also retail. I am, I'm playing right now, like, like just kind of messing around because I completely missed that they were adding the Emerald dream, which is a thing I've always wanted to see in, in world of Warcraft. So, so this plus a being plus being under a rock and, and going, should I look into retail and seeing, Oh shit, they're adding the Emerald dream. I'm like, Oh, I'll go, I'll go dust off a tune, get the max and see what it looks like. I just hit it this morning, but with my morning coffee, by the way, I got to the Emerald dream. It's freaking gorgeous looking. I absolutely love the zone. Um, but in, in terms of the last two days, like, oh. yeah, for, yeah. <laughs> just for context, we're at the race to world first right now. So you see the posters up. All the yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but it's, I, green. I don't think it's, I don't think it's so much that I think it's like, I'm not sure. Like to me, my height of world of Warcraft was wrath of Lich King. I was writing four days a week. Like, I don't, I don't think I ever just like, it doesn't, it's not even a quality thing about world of Warcraft. It's about how much my life has changed. Like, I don't think I'll ever have that much time to dedicate to world of Warcraft again. And it's not, it doesn't even come down to the, to the quality. And so there's, there's something about going back to classic and maybe being able to recapture a little bit of my old wow nostalgia, but with a new experience that is really appealing to me. Uh, I found it interesting because they've moved like a big point they made, maybe not in the presentation, but in the after stuff is world of Warcraft is now purely seasonal and they are embracing that because they're, they're kind of following the FF 14 model. It's like, we know you all come for like the launch of a patch. You have fun, you do whatever but we literally cannot make enough content to keep you playing every single day. And that's what led us down a bad road, right? That's what led us to doing all the chores all the time. Yeah. Made the reason I left and you sort of drifted away as well. Yeah, it was very draining. It was just draining. It was miserable. It's like you had like things to do before you could enjoy yourself. And they stripped all that stuff out. It's been gone during Dragonflight for the most part. Uh, and now they're going even further in that direction because they don't want, they kind of don't want you playing all the time anymore, uh, which is what I was okay with. They want you to come and do the things you enjoy and then be okay to go away and come back later without getting that sour taste in your mouth. That was something they kept trying to push on me. It's like, we're tired of trying to make so much content just to keep you engaged every day that your feeling is, I hate this game. Like it's, it's killing me. If you want to play 14 hours a day, it should be because you're having fun. Not because we're like, well, here's some more AP. And if you wait till the reset at eight o'clock tonight, you can get some more. But if you don't do it between eight and 8 a.m., you're going to miss it again. And when you've done that, here's some islands. Yeah, exactly. All that nonsense that we went through then. So, um, it, but it's been a struggle for the day to day WoW players to accept that. Uh, like, I'm full supportive of that because I play multiple MMOs. It's like, oh, cool. We can enjoy World of Warcraft for a few months. 
and they go away and it's totally fine nothing goes wrong and i can go over to ff enjoy the new msq new trial new raids do whatever i want to do and then i can go away it's totally fine and then go play guild wars or whatever uh then come back to wow and you're never out of content and it's always fresh and new and fun but talking to our friends who are pure world of warcraft players they don't like it all because like we feel like we're not getting attention or content like we used to that's where's the new power grind so i can play every single day and have something to do on multiple alts so i wonder because they have essentially three games in one now right you've got retail you've got classic and sort of classic plus and then you've also got classic where they're doing multiple expansions they're on cataclysm now Mm -hmm. i wonder if because they're separating a lot of content into kind of the different games it's allowing some to be some pressure to be taken off of retail because it's like okay well people will go play classic yeah yeah they, they really don't care classic plus or cataclysm so it's kind of reducing the pressure on retail to keep you playing every day because they're like well you know we've got all these other games that within well anyway it's the same sub you don't pay extra for it yeah yeah that was that was part of it as well it's like if you got if, if you're playing classic or retail they don't care like you're still paying the same. It's not not a problem for them. Yeah, I I, I definitely see it as a as, as a trend. I mean, you 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 touched on clear clearly. There's going to be players who actually like the the more modern WoW that that want that grind. Maybe they got in with Legion and that's all they've ever known. Um, yeah, Jordan. Yeah, you exactly. Like those people do. There are people that do like it. I I think uh, like this group uh, and part of the reason I wanted to get all of us together to talk about it is because I, I feel like there's some kindred spirits here though, because we all play more than one game or have played more than one game. And uh, if we were solo game content creators at one point, we've kind of moved on from that. Um, Jesse was having an experience during those statements, Jesse. Oh no. Uh, I just had my mind blown while you were talking about the idea of, um, I was about to write this down cause I didn't want to forget this. Uh, <laughs> The idea of it being a game where you yeah, where you can um, play now whenever you kind of want, you can leave. There's multiple ways to play, like that kind of thing. It hit me that for the long, like the reason why I'm not like I got to get back in and play is the same reason that for years when I played Warcraft, if another game would come out with something, some kind of like cool new feature, WoW would snap it up instantly. And mentally I'd be like, well, I have no need to go play that other game because the game i'm currently subscribed to the game i'm currently playing has that feature and i don't need to jump ship because like wow is there for me it has all the things i need and in this case now that i'm playing 14 i'm already on that like well i'm not gonna play every day and honestly i don't care if i play every day and i'm gonna and while saying well we're just the same i'm like that's awesome but do i need to jump back to wow and do that experience when i already have that experience happening in my life and that's kind of where I'm at mentally, where it's like that uh, right now would be like, OK, I can go play WoW, but I'm like, fine. And not playing Final Fantasy 14 right now. I've managed to get Baldur's Gate 3 and Alan Wake 2. And I'm just enjoying all these other games. And I'm like, when Final Fantasy 14 has a new patch, I go play that. And in my mind, I'm like, I don't know that I mentally can just jump back into WoW. You know what I mean? Because I'm already getting that whatever that chemical is for my brain from something else. And it reminded me what you were saying is like back when I played wild, like crazy, I got everything I needed from that game. So all the other games that came out, be it rift or, you know, uh, guild wars or whatever. Hey, I was um, like, classic. yeah, I was like, mm, I don't need to really jump. Like, I'll try it, but like, it's not gonna, I'll be gone. Right. Star Wars old Republic and a lot of stuff, but I was like, 
I'm going to play well, WoW. I'll agree with you when World of Warcraft and Final Fantasy XIV add uh, Old Republic dialogue wheels and I can finally romance someone. I'll agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> you stay away from Jay, do you? We see you. <laughs> you stay over there. <laughs> I don't know. Like, Final Fantasy XIV, I love it to death. I absolutely adore it. Does not scratch my wow itch. So I think it's probably maybe on a person-to-person basis. Like, oh, 100%. Um, yeah, like, I, I get so much from FF14, but I don't quite get the combat satisfaction that World of Warcraft provides that I get in those raids. Because, you know, as you well know, you put uh, an FF14 raid and a WoW raid side by side. From a casual observer, they probably look the same. But when you play them, they're nothing alike. They're, they're wildly alike. different experiences. Uh, wildly different. And, I think yeah, they're and both, I've always been a raider. I think they're both great. That was the biggest surprise for me yeah. from Final Fantasy XIV was the quality of, of like, when we did our first extreme I was just like, what, what, why, why didn't anyone tell me about this? Everyone just, everyone just talks about how this game's going to make me cry. No one said it's going to break my will to live with difficult mechanics. Nobody sold it. It sold me on that. Like, yeah. so it's, um, but they are they're yeah, so got- unique between the two. And that's kind of where I'm at. I'm going to speak for you, Kyle. Cause like, that's kind of like what I, what I think <laughs> I want, uh, like, because we play together and feel free to jump in good sir. And tell me if I'm completely off my rocker here, but I think something we realize as much as we disagree and people love to watch Kyle and me not have <laughs> the same take or agree with each other's takes on things. I think what we agree on is that we love boss fight content. And uh, that's something that is appealing to me to try to do more than one MMO. Cause I love MMO boss fights. And so I'd love, like, I, I hope it's like, my hope is that something from this new age of Warcraft stirs in Kyle. Cause I'm just like, I just want to do some Warcraft bosses and I want to do it with my buddy. And I'm, I'm very much in Jesse's camp here. It's hard to imagine a world where you don't live and breathe world of Warcraft. There was a rhythm to it. And I think of it very in a Dungeons and Dragons style kind of way. The game was my DM and I had to get my candles farmed before I went into <laughs> gruel and that exchange of like alone play guild play alone came. It really, really worked for me, but having any sort of, rhythm of seasonal content one of my biggest buttheads with wow is every time i fire it up i go oh i remember this I, this is this plays like i did for 15 years just like jesse said so my question and of course we're leading towards the story talk mm. but we'll get there <laughs> is preach okay mage you've both been playing actively how does wow feel on the inside right now and does it feel any different from when we all took off BFA Shadowlands. Uh, I I didn't play last season at all. I played this week uh, when we came back to catch up to what it is. It's it's still WoW. Like they're not going to change it too much because it's WoW, right? And if they dramatically change it, it it'd just be the different game. Uh, so it's, it's it's certainly World of Warcraft. When you when you play now, I did the story. I wanted to catch up on the story, certainly before this raid, because we were going to be casting this raid uh, to know the context of what was happening exactly with the tree. Why are the fire dru- uh, the druids of the flame here? What's going on? Uh, the storytelling is... We are getting there, but the, I have a lot of comments about the pacing uh, of things that happen in the story, even up to this modern era. It's still It still is the same, but that sort of is okay because it's it's more advanced right and you can see that if you go and play classic which i played recently as well for hardcore the difference between classic and retail is astronomical like that it's always baby steps in those kind of elements that get you there so when you come back it's familiar that's what i felt is like this is familiar but it is 
slightly different. The way the gearing works, the characters play is slightly different, but it's nothing dramatic uh, in any way, shape or form. If you've played at some point in the modern era. Yeah, I suppose my experience is a bit different because like I said, I started playing in Legion and it was kind of the competitive aspects that drew me in. So Mythic Plus and then high-end raiding in um, in Mythic and I didn't really necessarily pay attention to the story. I would just kind of skip through everything, not have a clue why I was in a raid. Just point me at a boss, I'm going to DPS it down. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna kill this thing. I don't know why we're here. I'm just, the I'm target audience. It. It's fine. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna just do my mythic plus dungeons, sixteen hours a day. But you did watch the but cinematics. I I did. So I used to catch up on WoW lore and watch, you know, lore videos. Actually, novel. I watch a lot of novels videos. Like, okay, I kind of interested about this character, but I feel like in game you don't necessarily pay attention too much. And I remember getting to BFA and I was thinking. I loved the BFA cinematics. I feel like I can't tell you how many audience reactions uh, at BlizzCon I watched uh, to that BFA cinematic. I thought it was amazing. And then they always dropped kind of tidbits of lore in BFA. There were so many clues and then everyone had their tinfoils hats on of like, ooh, what does this mean? 13 seats or whatever it was. There was lots of tidbits. And then it kind of never really led anywhere. So I feel like I started <laughs> to get I started to get into the story. I started to, you know, as I started playing more, I was like, okay, you know, I like this world. I've never played an MMO before. So I was invested. And then I feel like when it really piqued my interest and I got very invested into it, yeah, it never really went anywhere. And then in Shadowlands, it kind of just fell off even more. So I was like, okay, um, well... I guess we just don't pay attention again. <laughs> you should have bought the novel. Oh. Yeah, then you would have had um, all oh, the I details. If you I'm would have bought... I don't think I'm not having lore in the game is It's bad. bad. It's Even really bad. Going on. And now it's renowned locks, which is also going uh, on. I'm going to blame all the unrest in chat uh, on Mike for mentioning buying novels to get the story from your game. Absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> Complete insanity. <sighs> Okay, so let's, let's do think Final Fantasy. I'm like, why? Uh, Jordan, let's I think you're, you're tapping into, and I, nor, I normally. No, no, no. What? <laughs> don't, don't, don't pop that. Don't pop that. Uh -oh. yet. Let's let's stay on <laughs> WoW for a hot moment. I'm staying. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna. I am okay, staying on okay. WoW. I am staying right. on WoW because normally I would apologize for invoking Star Wars, but someone on this podcast already has it. It wasn't me. So here we are. I I, I look at BFA <laughs> and the Star Wars sequel trilogy, which I actually don't hate as much as the average bear, but looking at the trend of people who will get mad at those uh, narratives, um, I think there might be an overarching conversation here about how we should just stop doing mystery box style storytelling and maybe we learn the wrong That's lessons from J.J. Abrams', Abrams success. It. And I hate him for it. Oh you yeah, no, Lost is like one of the worst man. shows ever. Lost Lost is like the most the, the most successful mass gaslighting uh, piece of media ever did to people. <laughs> it was the beginning of creating stories that they have no idea how they end and it doesn't matter. Yeah. Right. Because you can throw yep. constant weird stuff in and it's whatever. Yep. People will still watch it till the end. BFA did it. The Force Awakens did it, and everybody came up with their own version of where it was going that they thought was super cool, and that's what they wanted, and everyone was universally disappointed because that's not where it ended up. You have a personal anybody seen From? Just out of curiosity, has anybody seen the TV show called From? Uh, I quite enjoy it, and I'm terrified about it's how... It's the it... absolute pinnacle of <laughs> there's no way that show ends correctly. It's so balls-to-the-wall mad. I can't st I can't stop myself because I really like the show, but yes, I am 100% prepared great. to hate how it ends. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched it and I'm like, okay, there is no possible way that this has any logical resolution and they don't give a shit. They're just like, then this happens. Sure, okay. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> There's something about that show okay. that feels a little bit more like a D&D campaign than Lost to me, though, and I think that's why I like it. Well, and that's, it's so different. And I got these piles of books behind me. You breadcrumb trail and then your players decide what's important. You can't do that with a massive audience. And you, you can't just throw in a bunch of random things and see what sticks because someone's going to find something interesting. So let's go around the table. I'm going to include you in it, Garrett. When was WoW's story best? When did it grab you best? What was the mood or feeling? What expansion, what moment that you felt the story was going somewhere? And Jesse, would you like to lead us? Oh, Lord. Um, I s- expect a lot of people to say Lich King, but I'm going to... It was lovely. I love I love a good Ice Crown. But uh, I was a big fan of Cataclysm. I liked that they shook it up. I was a big fan of Pandaria. I actually thought that that Thank expansion was, was super fun. I wasn't a big fan of the rating at the end. I thought the dailies and stuff, that was hot trash. But like the story, love that. I'd say probably... Pandaria was the last time I was super into it, and, and I'm gonna let you know. I think it's because they threw away the Rathian character, and then kept bringing him back, and then throwing him away, and then bringing him back. And once we got to that point, it was very obvious like they don't know what they're doing with this story. But Pandaria was the last time I was like, "All right, hell yeah, Garrett, you've not done the latest story, right? Just checking. Okay, <laughs> we'll talk about that." <laughs> Um, I, in the spirit of the question, I'm going to say Legion. I think a lot of people are going to be surprised that I don't say Wrath because I'm a huge Arthas fanboy, but so much of what made Wrath good was Warcraft 3, not World of Warcraft. Like the story, the entire story wasn't told in World of Warcraft, but I look at Legion um, like if I, I try and take my, my, my Arthas fanboy out of the equation. And to me, Legion was just such a, a good overall package and not only did it tell a really cohesive story for the overarching narrative of what was happening with with illidan uh but they they had some of actually multiple of my favorite stories told uh for the player through the the class order hall campaign some of those stories and there's a ton of them uh and a majority of them are good and are quality than than are not and it impressed the, the hell out of me. Um, and as much as I think BFA gets a little more hate than it deserves, but like the war campaign compared to the class order hall campaigns is like a night and day. Like one is one of the best things they ever did in the game. And one is one of the most like let down narratives they've ever done in the game for my opinion. And it's really crazy that they happen to expansions back to back. Okay. Mage. Well, I would say towards the end of Legion, I sort of, became very invested in the world and then I sort of did research to kind of catch up because I missed the whole Warcraft the 3 thing I missed classic I missed all of the expansions so I had like a little bit of a catch up and then BFA cinematics drew me in like I was saying before and then I was very invested on these clues and I watched so many videos from all these creators about what could be happening and cinematic breakdowns and I just found it all fascinating and then I guess when those threads nearly didn't really go anywhere I held on because I was like okay this is gonna come through in the next patch or the patch after that in the raid we're gonna finally know what uh some of the old god whispers mean or what these small tidbits mean and these voice lines and and then 
nothing really happened. I think there was a patch in BFA where you could wear the Eye of Nazoth on your head mm -hmm. uh, and dedicate yourself to Nazoth and you could choose to take it off uh, or you could choose to keep it on and it was this big thing. It's another example of things that they added for flavour or story that kind of never did anything and then I guess at that point I was like, right, okay, well, guess I'm not paying attention to this. I'm going to go back into a Mythic Plus then. <laughs> Uh, and then I didn't really, and then going into Shadowlands, I just really, it's that I just didn't care. I really didn't, I didn't Breach. feel connected or oh. invested in any of the characters. Um, yeah. Uh, my answer is never, I have never enjoyed the Warcraft story. <laughs> I literally have no favorites. I have never enjoyed it. It's always been destroyed. I never played Warcraft 3, so the Lich King looked hilarious to me. I thought they were ripping off Lord of the Rings. Uh, when I saw it, my whole guild was losing their mind. Like, oh my god, he's coming! And I saw it, I was like, this is a complete rip-off. Uh, I don't know what we're doing here. Uh, but I love video game stories. Uh, I, I, I've wept, I've raged, I've immersed in most of the video games I play. But for the Warcraft story, I've tried a couple of times to enjoy it. I just can't. Uh, it's the, the storytelling's rough. Like, for me, even though it apparently if you were a big WoW lore guy, hated it. What was kind of okay for me because, uh, you know, we went back in time. We were standing together. We were we had really cool cutscenes, and that was about as much investment as I needed, even though we were all pals at the end after committing genocide. Uh, I was like, <laughs> oh, good job, everybody. We <laughs> Didn't we all do well? <laughs> Let's be friends. We only butchered, like, millions of people. Uh, good job. So that's why I'm so excited for World Soul Saga. Like, I kind of was in Jesse's camp, uh, and I, I, I made this abundantly clear to them. You're doing a narrative-driven triple series of expansions. And I need to see it before I believe it. But I am willing to come home, is what how I put it to them when I was talking to them. So I am willing to come home, but I need to see it. Because I've never liked your story. And I really, really want to. I really want to. Especially after experiencing... I'll be always old FF up to the pinnacle that it is. Uh, certainly the Shadowbringers, the Highland Zodiac era. Um... And I would, and now we all know, like all those people who went on that exodus, now they all know MMOs can tell a story that is really, really good. It's totally possible. And now we've, the grass was greener for the first time ever. And people are like, yeah, we, we, we want it. Do it. They Let's just it. have, they have an incredibly hard job though, because I, I'm just going to, having been playing the game as long as I have being here with you, I'm convinced the vast majority of people do not read quest text, do not give a mm -hmm. damn, nope. move through it quickly. They're trying to like, because they made it so easy to find things, just grind it as fast as you can. So doing any storytelling in that game, I don't envy the job they have to do. I, I get that it's hard. It's disjointed and insane. And half the characters that exist in the world don't show up in every expansion. But like, I get it. I just... <laughs> I don't know how they do it. I, I'm here to be like, uh, blow me away. But also, I don't know how they pull it off in a way that makes any damn sense. So well, that's why I went and checked the latest story. It's like, okay, you've just announced the World Soul Saga. Cool. I haven't played for a while. So I'm going to come back like you're expecting people to do and see how you're telling story now. Because you can't do it like Final Fantasy XIV. WoW is a kill things game, right? FF14, you can go hours without killing a single thing. That will not work for a World of Warcraft audience mm -hmm. at all. They're not going to do it. So how are they currently telling story? And it started off well. They've introduced a ton more voice actors, even for low-level characters. You, uh, they've, they've really expanded that roster of people. So even 
minor story characters now voice acted. They're using much more in-game cutscenes, which kind of works for World of Warcraft because they're brief. They're not over the top. They're not up to the level of the cinematics, but they work uh, to tell story regularly. So, you, And you can still skip it if you're like, I just want to find out where I get my next power upgrade from. Whatever. The problem is... The pacing is some of the worst video game pacing I've ever seen in my life to the point of just like, what is happening? And uh, their recent story is the three siblings of Razageth, these three dragons that have been released. There's a fire dragon, an ice dragon, and the earth dragon. Earth dragon left. He's got AFK somewhere. Uh, so you're left with fire and ice. In Within three minutes, the evil ice dragon that has been stood as we burned a hole through the world to enter Zerolek Cavern in the previous patch and froze people and murdered them just with their mere presence, goes, ah, you know what? I'm not into this. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then, I'm not joking. It's literally back to back. I th- I'm sure the spacing is somewhere between three and four minutes. Decides, she, and literally a cut where she goes, mm, don't really dig this. Swap sides and is trusted completely. And is and, uh, Alex Strauss is like, oh, hey, we're best friends now. <laughs> and it's like, what What just happened? Oh. And then immediately, it gets worse. It then cuts to what was the next patch. And it's like, you have to go here. And I turn up and I'm stood next to Khadgar. The Ice Queen is now with us in the army line. I literally just watched the cutscene where Alex Dry was like, welcome, let's be... Now she's stood next to us. Rathian is there, and he's not been mentioned at all at any point, and they didn't even give him a dialogue box. And I was like, why is Rathian here? <laughs> and, you know, you would click him. Like, why is he here? He has no dialogue. For the entire patch, he stood next to you all the time, just like this. <laughs> And you're like, why the hell is Rathian here now? Why did Khadgar turn up? Like, and someone was like, oh, they mentioned him. And what they did is they apparently did like four or five mini stories, but they locked them behind reputation. So if you hadn't done the reputation in the in-between times of the patches, you wouldn't have done the, because they're like, we must protect the seed. I'm like, what seed? What are we doing? I have no idea. Uh, and then what you could do is you can go up to various NPCs and right-click them. And it plays you the end cutscene of the quest and storyline that explains why there's a seed there. But that cutscene obviously has no context for you. So it shows the cutscene of you getting a seed. And, and Ysera was alive. I thought you just like... Yeah, I was like, wait a minute, like Ysera's dead. It's like, oh, it's a renowned quest line. So I clicked it and it's like, Ysera's daughter brings her back. I'm like, when did this happen? It's like, oh, you, you should have done the Renown Quest line. It's like, you can't tell a story this way, certainly when you're pushing your game as seasonal, because people aren't going to be like, oh, cool, I'm going to grind X Renown level. Even if it's not a lot, they're not going to do it. And then use those as main MSQ elements and then have them come back the next season and be like, oh, yeah, Ysera's alive. Khadgar's here for some reason. Rathian's hanging around now. Uh, that person who was the enemy in the last cutscene, well, she's on our team now. Uh, and now we're uh, Farax over here, and he's burning down Teldrassil, or the, the Emerald Dream. Uh, and he's also got a big axe that happens. And also in the last patch, Farak was like a two or three stories high and five stories wide, but he's not anymore. Now he's this size. Uh, so Because he now needs to be in the raid and we can't have him be that big. So we've shrunk him down. This all happened in the space of five minutes. Uh, have happened. I was like, this is a, 
This cannot happen going forward because it's nonsense. Can I two two things? I have to know since I'm not in this. One is my assumption any of this backstory they've there's either like a pre-expansion book or a mid-expansion book or a book that is coming soon that will explain everything. And two, Give me a stubble. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I'm pretty sure there was, is, there was a couple of no novels. Yeah, I Everything I you just said, as someone who played Shadowlands, I have a genuine question. Is Malfurion a part of this or no? Yes. Ooh, yeah. no, it's not Malfurion. He should have been uh, no, Cenarius. Yeah, Cenarius is there. <laughs> why isn't... <laughs> why do they pick Cenarius over Malfurion? I'm pretty sure it's Cenarius. Uh, again, I, uh, I, well, it I wasn't Malfurion her. because uh, Tyrande's there. But yeah. she like, AFKs immediately. She despawns. Yeah, she despawns. Yeah. Like she just despawns, and she's like, "We're here in the dream. I will do all I can by not helping anymore." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "What the hell?" Because <laughs> they still heavily timegate the story um, for what's going on. But yeah, uh, Cenarius was there, and now they've introduced a bunch of other gods and stuff like that uh, that are hanging around the dream who don't even want to protect the dream, which I found really weird. <laughs> so you go to someone that's like we need your help to protect the dream and like oh the yeah. owl lower it was just yeah like, yeah the yeah. owl's like yeah nah, uh, we'll see what happens hope you don't die good. i mean i kind of liked the yeah, I, I like a cheeky it's spirit. funny but it also makes no sense it's their home like <laughs> we're gonna burn your house down okay we'll see what happens it's like the inherent problem with with wow though is you know now there's like an owl god they keep creating stuff and don't wrap up anything. I mean, that's and so a little they have so many characters, and there's no way they can fit them all in or give them all a story. And you know, if you play like Guild Wars, there's a lot of stuff going on there, but they keep bringing characters back, and that's just Guild I, Wars. I think we're getting a team. Uh, I tried to get this out of them while I was there because uh, I mean, do you want to move on to the Will Soul Saga or stick with current? stuff no absolutely I, I, you've answered I, my question you're, which you're, was. my brain's in the same because i was already kind of thinking i'm like i think i think this they're trying to get away from this heading towards the world so saga because we saw a cinematic and there were only two characters in it and it's two characters we've known for a really long time they're not new characters that this cavalcade uh, three of, characters the world soul bro well hold, excuse me jesse <laughs> thrall isn't sure who's speaking to him Touche. No this way to know that yet. Long ton, dude. You're right. But we got the answer I was looking for, which is if you're on the inside, does it feel better? Does it make more sense? Is there laborious, I'm powerful, therefore I talk slow dialogue working on you? And it doesn't seem like it is. I, so we, I've made a, a, a major error in the roundtable today. No one is here that, uh, I'll be right uh, back. Second, guys. that is invested in the story. <laughs> okay. World of Warcraft. That's my error. No, hold on. Hold on. Hold <laughs> your phone. Okay. All right. When they... When Metsum was like, hey, remember Magni? And I was like, bro, what? He's like, also, <laughs> this sword? And I was like, bro, what? If they give me answers to all these dangling threads, I'll be the happy. I don't even care how they do it. If he's just like, yeah, no, that sword, uh, it's going to disintegrate. I'd be like, great. Okay, cool. <laughs> like, uh, Magni, yeah, he's like back. I'd be like, okay, cool. Like if they gave me answers, I'd be such a happy boy. The Titan That's wakes up but doesn't break out of well. the, doesn't break out of the earth and just takes their Titan finger and just pushes the sword back out and that's it. Like, it could be anything. I as long as there's an answer and it isn't just like like it doesn't have to be good. I'm not gonna say I'm gonna love it, 
But as long as there's an answer, I'll be like, okay, we can all move on together from this long national nightmare. Please let us. <laughs> That's how I feel, especially in BFA. I'm like, what? There was this dialogue option and this whisper and that one and 13 seats and torches and all this kind of stuff. And I'm thinking, sounds awesome. And then we just don't hear anything about it. And it's just like, oh. And the sword that's just kind of been there, everyone keeps memeing, you know, what sword? They finally, you know, address it. <laughs> yeah. That's, and that's an inherent problem with the game is it's like, they'll give you, again, when that stuff started to come out and they were like, oh, Ajara, we're going to do this, like, what's going on with it? The, they added another mystery, which is cool. But they still hadn't answered the mysteries from before. They just added Legion mysteries. And then it's like, okay. Let's do, you know, like battle for Azerothi, and uh, then we'll, we're gonna go to death. We're gonna, you know, what we're gonna tackle the answer you've all been waiting for. What's the afterlife like? Turns out pretty boring. It kind of sucks. And so <laughs> they're like, yeah, they're like, so what's going on with uh, this new villain? What's his story? And it's like nobody cares. We don't know that dude. None of us have met him. We don't care what his plan is. But, like, we need to know. And then it's like, okay, now we're going to tell you about the Dragon Isles. And it's like, we never knew that existed. Nobody cared about it. These new villains, we don't care about their plans. We don't know about them. And they keep doing that. And it's like, please, please just answer the questions you've left us. That's all. And so the fact that they're like, that is what we're doing makes me feel good. But, again, I can't tell if that's because I'm, like, nostalgia-baited or if it's like, oh my god, this could actually be great. I don't know. I'm gonna have to wait I, until it comes out. I a little bit feel like if they really wanted the nostalgia bait me, there there'd be no main story. Because you go back to vanilla, it's just all it's just vignettes all over the place. Every zone has its own little thing. Some of them lead into other zones for overarching quests, but it was a bunch of vignette storytelling back in vanilla. It was a smorgasbord it was all over the place and so i look at world of warcraft as something that never started with a unified story because vanilla was such a cornucopia i definitely think they have the potential though because they've designed so many great characters like when they brought yeah. back ashara in bfa i was very invested in queen ashara you know i hadn't obviously played the game then but when i heard loads about her i was like sounds like an amazing character they have the potential to create you know these great narratives or these great characters and then they just kind of didn't really go anywhere in bfa especially nihilotha that shit could have been an expansion all in itself with nazoth and everything like that it was it was just a patch it was just a raid and it felt very underwhelming and it's a shame because they were cool characters. They were cool storylines. They were cool places. They they have the potential to create something great that people could be invested in, but they just don't really take it anywhere, or they just kind of go, "Ah, we'll just let that die." Yeah, I, th I, th I think I think this is all a, a wonderful illustration of why we're all so skeptical. Like, was there any sign at BlizzCon that there was a switchover? It's so weird to see Mitzen come out and say, "A three act structure here it comes," and then we see that cinematic this week. Uh, <laughs> when I was at, uh, with Jesse last, I was at the Blizzard campus, uh, and they told me then they were moving to a multi-arc story. I, this was in the works before Metzen came in, is what I understand happened. But when he heard about it, he wanted in. He's like, finally, right? Because a lot of the old heads uh, were wanting this idea to take place, and they keep doing these one-and-done and ditching all their content, so they never had any previous content to go back to. 
So that was that's my understanding is that they wanted a multi arc story. Metzen heard about it. Finally, comes in. Let me take charge. Give me the ball and run with it. And now he's leading it up. That that's what I got from what happened. So what does that look like in a World of Warcraft world? Do you think they pick one bad guy and use it for all three expansions? Uh, so I pressed in on this because they're keeping the same narrative team. Because uh, obviously the WoW storytelling, not great. Like we've, we've talked about that. Like it's not great. So it's like if you put... I don't want to shit on people's jobs or anything, but if you put people who haven't delivered a compelling story on a single expansion basis and say, hey, you've got three, what does that look like? Is kind of what I asked Ian. Like, have you dra- have you drafted in Ishikawa or something like that? You know, someone like, let's get somebody in who's written video game stories that have emotionally resonated with a lot of people and drawn them in. Or are you giving it to the same narrative team? And he's had a bit of both, uh, but the freedom we've given them and intentionally is obviously we've got the war within, then we've got Midnight, and then we've got The Last Titan. So his description of it to me is what we could do and what our plan is in the war within, we're going to introduce a lot of new faces because we haven't had new faces in a long time. We All we do is we keep cycling in some people like Khadgar returns and then disappears and then he returns and then it's Jaina and then it's Thrall and then it's, you know, it's those same guys over and over again, but they're not connected to the player. They just kind of show up and you always feel like useless next to them, right? You, you're not on their level ever as a player uh, for what you're doing. They're the ones that are like ripping the heart out of Deathwing or whatever it might be. Um, so they're the big heroes, but we want to introduce new faces and do and actually put some foreshadowing in that won't pay off till Last Titan. But because we're not making a one-and-done expansion that's done in, you know, their final patch will be in 16 months or whatever, then we can put stuff in here that we know is going to work in five years' time. Uh, so that was where it was. That was the idea they've gone with is to be like, we can actually do this fresh. We can say there's new characters, which is why I think we're getting a team similar because Guild Wars 2's done it. It works. FF's done it. It's worked. You know, you're with these guys regularly. You know, they're, they're basically everyone's the scions of the seventh Ogrima or whatever they're going to be uh, <laughs> to be involved. And then you will have some connection over a few years to who these people are. Uh, and you should start to care about them. And then obviously for merch sales, it works as well. Like there's a lot of positive business end and story reasons to do that. And the concern I had is so it's the same team. And then we just saw the finale cutscene on Farak yesterday. Uh, the team we're uh, casting for got the world first to see it. And it was bad. And it's like, ah, uh, yeah, like globally re- negatively received, uh, but seems to be setting up for World Soul Saga. But they have taken a villain out of the game already. So I think they're more than setting up. Eridicron, which was like the big bad at the start of Dragonflight, hasn't been fought or dealt with he's actually just gone to do something else so they they are i think everything that we're experiencing now is literally setting up for the world so that's and maybe that's copium or i'm feeling really positive about things but it looks that way they've given all the dragons their powers back and now we know that heidlin i mean there's something in the middle of uh azeroth <laughs> that's calling out to them uh that's <laughs> saying here feel don't do Torghast anymore because Anduin's a wreck after doing that for Objection, so long. Objection, playing to the chat room. 
<laughs> uh, stating facts right here feel everybody in the room was like think yeah. <laughs> is that I, where this I, is going was, oh yeah kyle i couldn't believe it kyle let loose a primal scream when they flash the world soul and went hear me and kyle just oh no yeah. here is how they stole 14 shit for the next that's seven what years great at, though. Yeah. they're yeah. so good at stealing they are well, that's what they were known for the problem is this 14, as we've said numerous times, is 90% story. And mm -hmm. that is their weakness. And so if they can nail it, this is going to be amazing. If they can, like, get it and it can be a five-year arc that is awesome, very cool. Here's my concern. If it's a five-year arc, they have, like, Jesse, come back. Give us your money for five years. If it ends poorly, I'll hate myself, not them. I'll be like, why I fall for it? That, that's but the journey. Is about you're getting the journey. into no, it's about the ending for me. I need the payoff. <laughs> you're you're getting into something that that I've been talking about a lot, which is uh, now that I've experienced. It's still not done, so uh, please no spoilers for the end of Endwalker. I'm playing more MSQ tonight. Uh, mm -hmm. Watch our stream, everybody. Really um, tracking that one out. <laughs> Got to milk it. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, I haven't finished yet either. Yeah, you milking it hardcore. You played like 17 <laughs> days of Fall Guys. Is he? Look, Fall Guys is uh, really. I got to get the I need to go and for fight. 100 wins. Yeah. They told me Eden was important. I'm gonna go. It's do hard that to beat the snapshot to actually get the crown. Okay, all right. It is difficult. <laughs> the Fall Guys is fun though. It's, it's very, it's very well done. But but Jesse, you're getting it. The the end of five years, seven, whatever, however long it takes to get to the end of this, if the ending's bad. It, it, I'm excited for the three and both, both everyone here is making me think about how, like what I want from the story after playing final fantasy 14, which is like, I want endings along. I want satisfying endings along the way. I want every expansion to have a satisfying ending. And it would be nice if it had a, what felt like a close of a chapter on launch available to me in the box that I buy. Cause it's something that surprised me coming to Final Fantasy XIV as a lifelong World of Warcraft player was that at the end of every .0 expansion launch MSQ, there was finality. There, there, the arc that started once you picked up the new expansion, like I use Heavensward as an example in a video we put out this week. The, Heavensward gets set up in the first quest of that expansion, and at the end of 3.0... You credits roll and it feels like it's earned. Like, is there more afterwards? Yes, 100%. Is there sometimes, oh, there's a bigger bad? Yep, they do that too. But I feel like I get a full story out of my box copy of a 14 expansion. And I don't think I've really ever felt that way from World of Warcraft. And uh, I talk a lot about in our streams. Like, the, the, there's things I think uh, what a game does better, things I think a game does worse, and there's things I think a game does different. And different doesn't necessarily mean better or worse. But this is one of the things that I, th I think 14 just straight up does better is the way that there it feels like I, I it's got. It's not going to be as good as 14. And anybody thinks that is being moronic and delusional. Yeah. Quality is. I'm not even. I'm not even asking for like to my my quality expectations to to meet that. I just I just want something to feel like an ending, like every step along the way. I don't want to feel drug along for three expansions. Yeah, at the I end, think we're in cliffhanger territory. Honestly, yeah, well, I feel like the end of War Within is cliffhanger, some sort of conclusion, but cliffhanger into midnight. Yeah, which I'm okay with because usually it wraps up like in a nice little bow. Right. Besides the sword being there, the each expansion sort of just is like, and everything's fine now. 
<laughs> and now we're going to space or something, you know, that, that's, uh, or now BFA, we're going to a totally new land uh, for some reason. I, I know what you mean, though. I, I want to feel like threads aren't just left dangling, which is how World of Warcraft has handled things for so long. And the sword is the prime example of that. Uh, and the second thing that uh, I stress to them, I want your story to reflect in the world. Because your story is completely separate from what is happening in the world. So if we think about even the beginning of Endwalker with the sky changing, or even during um, Shadowbringers, um, when the, the calamity begins, you know, and people all seem to have the power of the Warrior of Light or whatever, um, the world actually, the skybox changes. It reflects in your world, like something's happening. But during um, BFA, for example, I, this is my go-to on this, uh, there's two things. Ashara rose from the uh, created a giant sinkhole in the ocean that swallowed fleets and exposed Najatar. Right, ten thousand years Najatar sat below the ocean, and Ashara separated open and swallowed fleets whole. Yet we could still just go to islands, no problem, totally fine. We could travel between continents on our little boats. Thumbs up, right? It makes no sense that, that happens. And the sword, they never did anything there. And I, I was bringing up the um, the first Thor movie in the Marvel Universe. Most people have seen it. When Mjolnir is found in New Mexico, in the middle of nowhere in a desert. And within like four hours, there's barbecues going on. There's truck rallies. <laughs> there's people trying to drag it. And like this sword penetrates the entire planet, can be seen from Ogrimmar. Nobody's there. The goblins out there trying to chisel it away to make armor. Towns haven't been upset. It would be some sort of tourist attraction at least. Like, none of your world reflects what's going on in your story. So it's, like, totally separate. We watch a cutscene. Oh, my God. Dazzarallor just got attacked by Zakul, I think it was, who was, like, mountainous-sized void creature blasting holes in the damn thing. Cutscene ends. Dazzarallor is fine. It's mm -hmm. all good. Everyone's still running the shops outside. I still know where my vendor is and all that. So that needs to happen. And if they're going to plan this out, then the world has to reflect the narrative. The, the biggest problem, though, is they, and they've said this because it does work sometimes, is they rule of cool the whole thing. If it looks cool, they'll do it. Doesn't matter about a follow-up, they'll just do it. And I was thinking about Legion, since we were talking about that as an expansion. Legion has a lot of cool stuff in it. But when you think about it, it's all kind of disjointed. Even the raids, every raid is like, I mean, it's in Legion. But the things we're doing, it's like, all right, we got to go handle Gul'dan because that was a thing. But, oh, we got to go see Odin. But, the oh, Emerald Nightmare. But, oh, and now we got to go to space. And, it, and it's all over the place. And it's cool as hell. But none of it's cohesive, which is like nope. the big wow problem is they can tell awesome micro stories, like character moments. They're very good at that. But overarching, they're all over the place and have continued to be so. And I don't know. That's what worries me about, like, we're going to do a huge overarching story. It's like, maybe don't guys. Like, I don't, <laughs> it's a little worrying. Like I would, they've got really good characters. They've got really cool things that they do, but I'm, a, I'm, we'll see, I guess. It's got to be a way of getting people back. Right. Cause ideally they wouldn't have even told you they're doing it. It just would have naturally occurred. Like we would have got to the end of the war within and whatever's going to happen would have happened, which clearly is unresolved for the first right. time ever. Right. None of the expansions have ever naturally flowed into the other one. In the history of World of Warcraft, they're always 
enormous separations uh, between them. The end of Vanilla and defeating the Lich King has no relevance to going off into the Burning Crusade. And neither into the Wrath of the Lich King, right? They're all just completely singular one-off entities. So if the end of the war with it would have been good, and it was like, oh my god, this is carrying on. Like, we haven't won. Like, we fully expect to kill the Jailer at the start of Shadowlands. So as you see the Jailer at the beginning of the Shadowlands, like, oh, we're going to kick his ass in the last raid. Like, that's a guarantee because of how World of Warcraft works. And you also then just don't care about this guy. Oh, he's the last raid boss. Like, I knew that as soon as I saw him. I was like, this is the last raid boss. That's pretty, okay. He looks kind of shit already. He's got not got his shoes on and he looks kind of homeless because he's got torn <laughs> pants, right? <laughs> right? That's what I thought. I was like, okay, he looks kind of shit. Uh, but I think that only would have worked if the game was at high, a high popularity. And it's not. It just isn't, right? They can say what they want, but Classic is... I mean, I tried to get this information out and they wouldn't share me. Is Classic is probably more popular in retail, or was for a long time, is more people are paying their stuff to play Classic again than they were to play the current retail game, which is not sustainable. So they had to do this to be... Uh, they needed Chris Metzen on stage. Come home, please. Right? We're, we're, we're doing what you asked of us. Because not only that, they in the, the mechanics of the game, like uh, Jordan pointed out, They've 180 nearly every decision yep. that I personally fought with those devs over for years. You know, heated arguments in some cases about some of the decisions they were making. It's like, no other game is doing this anymore. Why are you guys sticking to this? And then you go to FF14 where you have one character, does all the jobs. There's no multiple reputations to farm, for example. Like the tedious, the tedium of having to play one or two alts is inconceivable in World of Warcraft. But then you go to another game, you're like, oh, there is another way, a better way. <laughs> and these guys are like, yeah, we've been doing this for years. It's just that you guys were all, I don't know, sunk cost fallacied into World of Warcraft for so long that you didn't realize what was happening elsewhere. Uh, so they've had to adapt and modernize because they, uh, for me, WoW has gone from being the young whippersnapper on the street, which it was when it launched compared to all the grindy MMOs where it was changing the rules, it was creating new things, it was stealing things and making them better, to being the old man. Mm -hmm. And it was stuck in its ways, and it was in a rut, and they were relying on the fact that people like ourselves had 15 plus years of time in, that we will eat shit for quite a while before we'll, we'll say this doesn't taste very nice, uh, or actually stop attending that restaurant, right? Um, but that has that's changed now. <laughs> I think what's really cool is the fact that they announced the warbands, which are essentially, you know, we're talking about in Final Fantasy, mm -hmm. you have the one character. The warbands are really cool, and it's another example of something where they've 180 and they've got different design philosophies and stuff like that, because you can share the rep, you can share uh, even gear, transmog, so you can really unite your characters. I think it would be really cool if they did something with professions as well, and like... Yeah, so you could be a mentor. Yeah, but it, it shows positive signs going forward, even with, with things that they've announced, like kind of systems that they're thinking, okay, we need to kind of respect people's time a little bit more and kind of put forward like what feels good because it is a game, right? Yeah. Not another I mean, job. Yeah, that's a, that's a good sign of change to to Mike's comment about how WoW has kind of found itself as now WoW is the grindy MMO. Both of those are mm -hmm. interesting. And I'm I'm really positive on Warbands as well. Like I talked about, um, like I look at the difference between how 14 does jobs and WoW does classes, not as a, I think one does it better than the other. I see it as this is just different ways to approach it because I like both. Uh, I like playing 14 and being able to swap jobs on the same character. 
but I also like having a few characters in WoW that I kind of have my own little fantasy about who they are, why they're that class, why they would never be any other class. Um, and I, I, you know, it, obviously at my peak of playing WoW, I had a ton of max level alts, but even in my less plugged in periods, I've usually had at least two max level characters. So war, war bands to me, it was like, in a in the in a good way and i almost like to me this is a positive thing i went oh my god finally like what took you so mm-hmm. long but like i i think that's a a good reaction to have because it feels so natural for that game and the way people that have multiple characters play it yeah i can't wait to have five mages chilling out <laughs> <laughs> good branding yeah so cheeky it's just one of each I'm, spec like, yeah. yeah 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 and then some of the same spec <laughs> Hey, we're surrounded by people who have 12 priests in that room. That's, that's the norm. Just love me. Yeah, we're in the mega nerd environment. We're in the nerd bubble right now. So it's an understandable situation they put themselves in. A audience that is hungry for content. You've created these ongoing systems since Legion and before to keep people playing, to keep people grinding. Now we're here in the word evergreen. Very much thanks to you, Preach. The evergreen word was spread wildly. Yep. What is was- good? MMO evergreen content. Like, what do you want to do in World of Warcraft that's not raiding in dungeons? I'm going to jump in. Mm. I think it's really cool when they introduce uh, content that doesn't die out. The Mage Tower is probably one of the best examples. That was a solo challenge that was really difficult at the time. And you really, really felt a sense of achievement when you did it. And you had the artifact appearance, the special one. And whenever I saw somebody with the artifact appearance, I I knew. I was like, that person is really good at that spec because they've done such a feat of strength. And they could have definitely designed more solo challenges. I mean, that's just one example. There are a lot of examples of... um, content that they've brought out that kind of just dies off Mm -hmm. and even in the recent i would say in dragonflight they've gone done a new system where the mythic plus rotation isn't just the dungeons of the expansion it's half the dungeons of the expansion and then half dungeons from previous expansions and i think it's really nice to keep old content relevant there are so many dungeons that are awesome that you never play again unless you do transport but it's not quite the same you just never play them again and and you never go back there and and i think this is nice way to redo those dungeons and even challenge modes i missed out on those in mop because i didn't play but i hear so many good things about it yeah. and, and they were made as goof to do something like that you know ian made those really he made them as a goof because he had nothing to work on and then he came up with like the challenge mode system, which went universally popular and people miss it to this day. But uh, yeah, you're totally right. Cause uh, Blizzard guilty for the last seven years or even 10 years of cannibalizing their own content almost immediately. Uh, which how does, how can you keep doing that? Right. It's so bizarre. If, if by the time you get to the first point one patch of a wow expansion, typically it made everything before that irrelevant, like pointless. There was no reason to do it. Like if you go to wrath of the Lich King, as soon as like Trial of the Crusader came out, why would you ever do any of the previous dungeons? Their loot was like half the item level. It was complete. It dropped a currency which was no longer relevant. It, it, it they they're like, oh, here's a point one patch which will have less than a full expansion launch, and it also invalidates everything we released during the expansion launch because it's now useless to you, and will also speed you up to the latest stuff. And the raids now irrelevant because we've had none. We haven't had linear raiding since vanilla uh, or the Burning Crusade. Yes, that makes sense. Oh, Wrath. Something like that. Wrath had, Uh, but but once they added the TOC catch-up gear... Yeah, yeah, it kind of went away then. You could skip everything up through World War. 
and you have new players who come in is like uh I, I've, I've had these conversations through my guides and stuff it's like hey i came in i've cleared the new raid what shall i do now and you would like to say you've done one of like 40 raids in this game uh that are available and just sitting there doing something but you can't you can do them solo now for transbuck and that's you're gonna yeah. be your experience that's uh so it's a shame Speaking to the is it better, is it worse, is it different? Uh, that, that's something I think is far better in Final Fantasy XIV. Like, uh, Way better. But it, going back to the original question, um, they need iteration because they never iterated on any system because they knew it was planned obsolescence. So garrisons. People hated garrisons, but they never bothered to do anything about it because garrisons are planned to die the second the new expansion comes out and we'll never see them again. They'll use the technology that built the garrison to make something new, but this is like, hey, we're launching with garrisons. You've got to get your own base. You've got to get to do some customization. That comes out. We're kind of like, oh, I would kind of like to actually make it my own instead of just plot a different building in a different place to somebody else. So I have mine over there. You have yours here. I wanted to put like the heads of boss kills up or maybe put a garden in, depending on who you wanted to be, or, or something like Wildstar. Do I go do some customization to this place? No, and we also do not have time to even try and do that because we're literally removing this in uh, 10 months' time. And the so, motivation, like, just as a working developer being like, you want to fix this? Not really. I can't, even if you want to. If you poured your heart and soul into garrisons, warfronts, island expeditions, the list goes on and on and on of all these big expansive features. Yeah, I would love to. I see what you're saying, actually. Oh, I get it. I could implement that. And you might go to the dev team and be like, yo, we can make this way better. If you give us like two or three months to throw our heads at this and code it properly and add all this stuff in, it'll be awesome. And then the answer is, you're working on the next expansion already. Forget this expansion. That feature is dead in 10 months time and we'll never see it again. We need you to be working on this instead. And that's what we ended up with. And that's why, obviously, we had the conversation like you brought up about evergreen stuff when I was there. It's like, why are you killing your own content all the time? Why are you pouring millions of dollars of into creating this stuff and we can't play it again? Sure, you can go back and make a garrison, but it's pointless. doesn't make any sense. You might get some achievements out of it or something, but in terms of actual interacting gameplay, it makes no sense. It's a, it's a waste of your time. Uh, so now they're changing that, obviously. like <laughs> The word evergreen was tossed around a lot at BlizzCon. It's like, this is evergreen. That's going to be evergreen. This is staying at this. We're, we're iterating on this. We're going to change it. Um, I hope it works out for them because uh, we said earlier, removing all the chores, daily quests, meant that realized there's a big gaping hole in World of Warcraft, which is, what do I do for fun? Because we've always had raids, Mythic Plus, PvP, and done, and that's about it, right? Solo play was dead. That's been the end game progression. What do I do as a solo player? What do I do with my friends at the weekend when there's just three or four of us? There's nothing here. Because everything you've designed for the last few years has been about, like, how can we keep someone getting at least four or five hours of gameplay out of the game, whether they like it or not, right? Just to say they justify their subscription on a monthly basis. Uh, so whether Delves will be that solution, I don't know. They sound like they're borrowing fractals from Guild Wars 2, if you guys have played it, the fractal system. That's what it sounded like to me, which also was good. Blizzard likes taking other people's content and improving on it and making it better. Uh, so I, I kind of hope that's what it is. But they're, they're focused on that now because there's a huge hole in World of Warcraft, which is just day-to-day -day content that players want to do because it's fun. Right? There's nothing like treasure maps in FF. You can Treasure maps aren't even like marketed. They're always there. 
and they're really fun. <laughs> like, you can spend a whole day just doing treasure maps in that game, come out with a ton of resources. I didn't even know they existed. Someone's like, hey, we could go do treasure maps. I'm like, what is that? It's like, oh, there's this whole piece of content that's really fun, and we can play around, and we can do left-right door, we can art, we can gamble, we can do all kinds of stuff in here. Oh, the gold saucer. How many people spend their entire day in the gold saucer achieving nothing? <laughs> they achieve nothing but, like, getting gold saucer points to maybe buy a mount one day. But you can spend weeks and weeks and weeks in the saucer. Yeah, and it's, and it's there. And it's always there, and they add new things to the saucer somewhat regularly. Obviously, right now is a great time to bring this up because they just added Fall Guys, and it's going to now come back mm-hmm. over the course of time. It's not just a one and done. Um, it's interesting. And, and they have transport competitions every week. They have a lottery. There's a reason to go back. Uh, maybe I'll win some money. Maybe I won't. I got a lottery ticket. That's a chore. If you break it down to it's like you know, nitty gritty. If it, it, you could call it the same as a daily quest, but because it's stupid, silly fun, and it doesn't matter if you miss it, it's not Torghast, right? If you miss a Torghast week, you can never get that resource back. It's just lost to you. And uh, as Ian put it to me, it's like, if you're going out for dinner with family and it's like reset night and you've been busy all week and you're actually sat at dinner and you're like, I kind of need to go home and do my Torghast run. Otherwise, I can't get that resource and I can't get my legendary next week. Do you feel good about World of Warcraft? No. <laughs> I hate you. I want to spend time with my family without feeling punished for it. Because I've had a busy work week and now I need to do this. Then go home and sit through, forced to go through this content. Uh, so I, I'm, I, this is why I'm willing to give them a chance. I'm not fanboying. Everything sounds good. I think Jesse put it right. Everything sounds awesome. But they have to nail that landing. Uh, And if they don't nail that landing, they've got a seven-year story that no one cares about, that is paced badly, and everything else is the same old kind of stuff. Because Ian was like, "Yeah, we're going to get new raids, new zones, new expansions." You know, all it's a full. They're all each of them is full on expansions, but they're definitely narrative focused. If that narrative is like what I saw yesterday, we're in for a rough time for seven years because that path is going and it's not changing. They can't do what they did and say. BFA or Shadowlands is like we can 180 at the end into Dragonflight where we can change everything. But oh, Shadowlands is a failure. We can completely change it next expansion. Let's focus on that. They can't do that now. They give us a seven year plan that's definitely a cohesive narrative. If it's not working in War Within, that's not great for Midnight and Last Titan, right? They can't get off that train when they're on it. They're they're pretty committed now to. Well, th- does anyone want to get off the Zalatath train? I mean, we know Zalatath's going to be at midnight, so I don't think that's a train any, any WoW fans want to get off. Choo <laughs> choo, baby. <laughs> Can I? I have, I have some questions because I'm really curious what I haven't played since. Sure. Like the point O of Shadowlands. So when you were earlier. I don't remember who said this, but earlier someone had mentioned that there was mythic plus that was okay mage i'm counting on you uh mythic plus that could do other it wasn't just current content it was does that relate to non-mythic plus at all uh no i don't think so so it was only the current dungeon rotation would contain half of uh, previous expansion dungeons there'd be two from legion but it didn't necessarily change the dungeon itself if you went there outside of putting yeah the if you did normal or heroic stone. it was still like it's trapped in its own expansion bubble yeah so, so if you're still it's like over you could, leveling it so like it, yeah. 
is there not a way I'm trying to think of like additional content, like everyone loves farming for their like cool outfits from old expansions. Surely there's a way to pull a 14. If they're going to take a bunch of 14 things anyway, and be like, if you go back and do this old content, not solo and destroy it, but like do it with some like new people, we'll give you some bonus stuff and you can farm for things or you can, there's gotta be a way to do that. It is. It does exist. Uh, do you want to explain? Well, what they, uh, well, they've just announced in the new patch that they're doing dungeons with NPCs. Yeah, duty finders in from FF. You know, playing with NPCs. Uh, but they have something called time walking, uh, which is le- sure. they try to legitimately remake the raid in a, an old raid in its in, for current players. So they did the Black Temple. Yeah, they did uh, raids. The, uh, it was Black Temple and Molten Core. Yeah, Molten Core and Black Temple have been done. Uh, the problem is, though, uh, in FF, the classes are, or the jobs, we should say, are reasonably homogenous, certainly compared to World of Warcraft, right? People generally sure. have some single player spells and then they have some AoE spells. And they're usually done in a very similar way. You kind of have to be in melee range. World of Warcraft prides itself on its lack of homogeneity. So they're. Their specs are wildly different, and over the years, you can't look at, say, uh, the, uh, the Black Temple was the Burning Crusade. You can't look at a warrior in the Burning Crusade and put it next to a Dragonflight warrior. They're not even remotely similar. Like, they're, they're so far apart that when you put the modern-day classes in the Black Temple, even though the HP and the abilities have been made deadly uh, for current-level players, these spells and abilities, the bosses were never designed to cope with you having, say, Massive spell reflect, leaping, blade storming, twitch, almost twitch gameplay, right? One of the biggest complaints about World of Warcraft is it's too fast. Uh, that's why people like Classic. It's very, very slow. Uh, nice and steady, big global cooldowns. But modern day World of Warcraft, certainly at the high end level, is almost like an FPS. Uh, it's extraordinarily fast. So yes, it does exist, but they can't do what 14 does because 14's classes, jobs allow that to happen because they're still pretty similar. 14 Even also- when they introduce new jobs. 14 also greatly reduces your abilities, though, if you end up in an older dungeon, even if you are... Right, but the talent system in WoW has changed, what, like five oh, times sure. since right. then? Like, the, the, the specs don't even work similar at all. They're massively different. They create uh, on a weak basis, but also you have so much borrowed power as well. You've got the class sets that come around every single raid tier. Previously, you'd have legendaries mm-hmm. uh, that you either had at the time, because, you know, when they brought the Mage Tower back, you had certain legendaries and Legion that you had at the time. Uh, but then you had new legendaries when it came back. Yeah, every expansion, it's all yeah. an array of extra yeah, stuff, which so you, it just stuff. doesn't work. I mean, I think you could still... Disable it all, but... To give you an example, we pugged the Black Temple. That did not happen in the Burning Crusade. Right. <laughs> well, no, well that's that's fair, but like I, I still think it could be because like you still unless you're starting like in a like one of these high level classes like a Death Knight or an Evoker, you st- like every other class still has it still dishes out abilities one through whatever the new max level is. And you could take whatever the, the class is now and apply that in a Final Fantasy fourteen like way. Cause like I've I've played Summoner and I I I I played like a good month's worth of summoner in final fantasy 14 before their big rework plenty of jobs in 14 have changed a ton over its existence and they still find a way to pare it down pare the abilities down relative to however the job has been changed for the level yeah, of the dungeon i find that's only possible because they from what i see from a mechanical standpoint is even when you get shrunken down you still play kind of similar like they tend to besides the early early spells 
So we're talking like a Realm Reborn era. You know, some pluses don't get their AOE spell to like 50. So yeah, hi, my Dragoon like is still 20. boring as hell to play. Um. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then after that, they kind of give you them at the same pace as everybody else. That was something they adjusted, right? They realized the expansions were coming. We want to keep everything relevant. We want you to be able to go back and do Titan Extreme. Uh, although we won't talk about Coil Savage because it's disgusting. Uh, but generally speaking, they kind of uh, create parity amongst when people got abilities. So even though they stripped them away from you, you're still pretty similar and functional. Um, but like for me, World of Warcraft is so far gone from that because they changed the talent system in MOP completely. You got the talent rows. Then we got back to an actual talent system. And now we have a, a class talent system and a generalized talent system on top of that. And like Jordan said, the BFA stuff relied on you having things like essences, which fired lasers all over the place. And you could kind of tweak the damage, but it did different. Because World of Warcraft is never balanced properly. They try really hard to do it, but it's always off. You're not going to create the, the 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 parity needed for all that borrowed power that we had stacked on top of each other. So it, 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 it just comes out easier. It's ultimately what, uh, that's their decision. It's a similar experience. It's not the same. Uh, which is why they do it in Mythic Plus. So we've just had the Cataclysm dungeons got revamped for Mythic Plus. So they've gone all the way back to Kata to make Mythic Plus dungeons, but they've changed the dungeons. So they did Throne of Tides, right? That's the latest one. Yeah, they changed something with the elevator, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, the bosses have changed. Uh, like They basically made a new dungeon inside there. Same looking mobs. Similar mechanics, but different. Uh, wait, wait, so you wait, make uh, it work. I don't have a... a- full understanding of it because kyle and i haven't played 14 for long enough to know what the changes are but when we do like a mini level extreme for the first time we we always hear from folks oh it was it was tweaked here it was changed there you know just because you can turn on mini level and silence the echo doesn't mean it is a one-to-one experience of what this fight was like when it was current also like stamina doesn't freaking exist in 14 anymore um so but at the same time like I'm, i'm glad that it's still like i can still have an, an, an assumption of what it was like. I can at least make it a challenge as opposed to just steamroll it like I do old content in World of Warcraft. Mm-hmm. The difference is that in at least in 14, what it is is kind of what it is. Like the fights are going to be in some sort of arena thing. Like you, you kind of, I think I would assume most of us were here for this. I'm assuming all, but when they re brought back Molten Core, that mm-hmm. was the most jarring experience because oh, I was boy. like, oh, wow, it has changed so much. Yeah. I remember being in the raid and, you know, it's like we're doing it like the old days. This is how, And chat, like the raid chat around boss three or four was like, we're almost done, right? And I was like, <laughs> 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 like that. And it was a huge different experience. And so, yeah, WoW kind of just changes stuff up on a whim. And uh, I could see how it could be difficult to. Be like, all right, we're going to give you that old experience, but like also keep it new and fresh, but also keep it old. Like there's a lot going on. And it may just be too difficult to when when they're like, as you were saying, we're already on to the next thing. We're already six months into the next expansion. So like we're not going to go spend time trying to make that stuff cool again when we're working on the next three expansions. So it might not be a thing they could possibly do. No, I remember FF14's more dance fights, right? The output right. stuff can be kept relative. WoW isn't like that. Like the ability to deal with, say, Thorden's attacks if you're doing uh, Thorden Extreme doesn't really matter what your abilities and stuff are. You still need to dodge them or they kill you. Uh, that's just the nature of FF14 raiding. Like we said at the beginning, they're not one for one 
either side, which is kind of what the one gamers look at. It's like, oh, their rate dies in like three days. This one, uh, they don't work the same way. You still have to be able to do the patterns, do the dodging, uh, and make that work, which makes it a little easier for FF14 to do it. Not to say WoW hasn't tried, but when you go back and you remember, like I'm sure uh, for those of us who played CBC, the Shattered Hall's Heroic, was cons- uh, the speed run of that was 50 minutes to do your attunement. Right, that was a dungeon, and it was a fifty-minute speed run. The average run in there was like an hour and a half at the first time for a five-man dungeon, and they brought it back for time walking, and you could do it in like fifteen minutes. And people were like, "Oh, all you old people were so bad at this game. Like, this is really easy. It's like you have no fucking idea what you're talking about, bro. I lived through this shit wearing tier six full black temple gear." And even then, we were like doing like thirty-minute runs in the best gear possible in the game. You haven't got a clue. You're showing and that's up to the a kind of difference that goes on. Showing up to a fencing competition with a machine gun. Yeah, <laughs> it's the fact that all of you could do uncapped AOE. Like back in TBC, you didn't have that. No classes had uncapped AOE. Blade Flurry hit two targets. Now it's everything, and shreds everything. And all those those little changes mean that you're like, oh, this is fifteen mobs, dude. During the Burning Crusade, I couldn't even tank two or three mobs, let alone fifteen, <laughs> which you can now. Right? If you would have hit that thing, it would have killed you instantaneously. Now it's just like. Bleh! die uh but so you can't reverse time on that stuff unfortunately um and it, it gives a, a weird impression but i mean they, they've tried it's just that the, i think ff14 was kind of built with that in mind very early on and so their job adjustments and stuff have always been in line with that and they're also their raid fight structure aligns with the idea wows doesn't they never really planned Absolutely. for that we didn't see time walking till like was it mop or something Oh, what? Time it was walking. late. I think it came in late. Yeah, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, like, it might have been Legion, actually. I think it was even later than that. Yeah. Yeah, that's so, fascinating because yeah. from the outside, you know, because that's when I started to fall off and the time walking seemed like such a FOMO mechanic. But WoW's greatest strength, the imbalance, the fun of let's see if the Warlock can tank it is what's mm-hmm. holding it back from having evergreen content. Yeah, yeah, things changed on like a weekly basis. Even the damage profiles of a lot of specs, you know, what you were saying with the uncapped AOE, well, the amount of times that say Frost Mage has changed, oh, you know, it's really strong on single target now. Oh, wait, hang on a minute, it's got burst on demand AOE. Oh, Arcane had a damage window every two minutes and now it has a major burn and then a mini burn 30 seconds later. And it just, things change on a weekly basis so much so that whenever you talk about Final Fantasy XIV, nothing ever changes and things stay stable and you don't really hear anything about it too often and i feel like they make so many changes because there's always something to talk about oh yeah. look my specs completely changed this week i can now i now have <laughs> uncapped aoe this week oh next week oh no i'm now the strongest single target class and it's just like ha, ha, then when you go back to previous tiers or previous content it's like it doesn't really translate especially where i feel like you get the class uh tier sets and, and borrowed power and the raids are designed around that at the time and then you no longer have that so then you bring it back and then you have to tune it differently but then it doesn't seem like it's anything other than just flavor you know when i've done time walking raids i've never experienced those raids before everything just fell over and the trash just fell over before you can even see it the bosses fell over it kind of just felt like you were going in there just Ooh, look. A wargrave. Well, that, that's the big... yeah, or just to look at your environment and say, hey, this is nostalgic, but it wasn't an experience in itself. No. It was something you did with your friends. It was designed for casual content rather than being like a... <laughs> and if you're going in for an extreme or you're reprogging Savage or you're going to do one of the older ultimates, you're going to UCOB or whatever, 
you know you're probably strapping in for a good few weeks of prog uh, for fun, right? You're going to get the weapon skin or whatever it is you're going to do. But, uh, I mean, WoW is just not catered to that. And for good reason, I think. It'd be nice if it was there. I, I just don't think it's possible. What they would probably have to do would be some sort of chromie type thing where they rewind time and literally give you the old class, like a gear, yeah. old version oh, of geez. that character. That could be kind of fun. Reset. Oh my God. Yeah, you would end up with like a Burning Crusade warrior. It's like, oh, you wanted this. Here you go. And I can see some people being like, okay with that. Uh, especially now classics are thing because people have literally replayed what those characters were like pretty recently. Because they, you know, it's kind of gone pretty fast. Like if you got turned into a vanilla warrior to go and do the original Molten Core on Nax Ramus. I don't think that many people would struggle with that these days because Classic's been out for so long now. It's Classic's kind of just a part of the environment. I think that's part of the draw of Classic, though. And if, if it became that easy to kind of relive raids in the state that they used to exist in retail, to me, that's a, a big chunk of the draw of Classic kind of taken away. And like as much as I did, I'm not interested in Cataclysm Classic, you, you can't experience the game in that state really at all like you can go back to the zones because they're still in their post cataclysm state you can still go do those quests and you can go steamroll a raid but the entire gameplay loop of cataclysm doesn't exist anymore there's 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 no point to play the game that way and you really can't so from a like a gaming archivist standpoint i understand all of the classic releases I also understand memeing on Cataclysm Classic. Well, Classic's but. changing, right? Let's, let's be clear on that. They made it very clear Cataclysm is not staying the same. Uh, you know, they said hashtag changes, like, immediately upon announcing it. Yeah, but, so, but I, it's still more, like, it, I've, I have a feeling those raids are still going to be a challenge compared to when those raids pop up in time walking. Is kind of what oh I'm yeah 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 yeah. It's yeah. not going to be like the time walking version at all. Just saying, if they really wanted to try and implement what you were saying of like, can we relive it? They would have to literally change your character to the older version to make it more one for one than it is. It still wouldn't be one for one, but yeah, I mean, it's not like vanilla. It's not like classic WoW is anything like we actually played in vanilla. No, we right? have functioning fan sites that, that can illusion. give us answers as opposed to Thoughtbot, which would like let us astray half the time. <laughs> right, with 60, 69 world Beautiful. buffs on every character, right? Yeah, you know, as, as a little bit of a WoW historian as I am, I remember when Nylum killed the Lich King and we were like, they all had a flask. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it was the first time we had ever seen that. They, they, they'd flasked the whole raid. It was an absurd notion. It was completely absurd that anybody would ever go to that level of expense uh, to do something like that. Like it's what, what people play while classic and, and you know, the people who do it understand it's not the same. Like it was recently done on hardcore, right? Absurd. They killed, they killed the Lich King and all of AQ on characters that had never died since creation. Like the, the prospects of that actually happening in vanilla is just absurdist. There's just no way. Uh, but that's what was done recently. It's a totally different gaming experience uh, than what existed in the past, just due to player skill and knowledge being so much more now and knowing the future, right? You're, we're all prophets. We know people were farming Argent Dawn rep the first week classic came out. Nobody did that. It's horrible. And they were all up there in the playgrounds, like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm getting exalted Argent Dawn for Nax. I'm like, dude, the game has been out 20 hours. What is that? Yeah, the play <laughs> What's going is also on? very different. Like, that's what you have to take into consideration as well. Like, we've just changed. We've already been through, like, we've already played it. That's why when you see classic now, people clear the raid so quickly mm -hmm. because you have the experience. And also, you've had all of these years 
to play in raids. You're just you're just better, or you just have different. Or, or retail pushes you to hard farm things, so you're used yep. to that kind of way of playing or needing to do every single world quest to get AP or or whatever the word power was of the expansion. <laughs> Generic currency number 12. Yeah, <laughs> AP version 5. Yeah. Um, so we're just different now, I think, as a player base as well. I'm better. People were so dog shit in Classic WoW. It's uh, in, in original vanilla WoW. It's unfucking believable like, I played, I literally played with a guy who refused to take off his level 4 pirate hat on his warlock because it Aww. looks so good. <laughs> Like, and that's, you know, we've been raiding Molten Core, we've been raiding Blackwing Lair. This guy was always rocking his pirate hat and he's like, I love this thing so much. Like, that would never happen now. Like, <laughs> well, because like, you could just transmog rolled it. Back in, yeah, that's how people oh, yeah. rolled back in the day. They were like, I don't I don't know what's going that's on. Precious. I just want a, I want a big sword and I'll press whatever's available and then that's it. Uh, that'll do. And uh, it was good times. Like, uh, there's, a, there's a, a happiness to ignorance, which we all had back then before the... The real geek style matrixing it, mm. right? So we, we can't relive that. These filthy one percenters, they've ruined everything. <laughs> Don't tell them in there. You're currently on their 48th split run before they even start the raid. <laughs> <laughs> they've been raiding for, since 7 a.m. in there, and they're still raiding now. Oh, well, well uh, we're pretty much at time. I know we got to get uh, the two of you out of here so you can go home after uh, some some long days of work for, for you. Going to the hotel. Uh, well, um, everybody, thank you for making time for this. This has been a blast. Uh, I forgot to talk about as much as I thought I would because it was just entertaining to listen to the rest of you. <laughs> we can go round two for sure. Hell yeah. Maybe when it comes out. Cause there we go. I don't know. What's your final thoughts? I mean, I'm curious. Like, I'm willing to give them a try. I, what, number one is like, I love World of Warcraft. I don't want to see it die like a Batman villain, right? I don't want to see him do a Harvey Two-Face and turn from the good guy to the absolute villain. And I'm like, happy you're gone. I don't want that for them. Um, so I'm willing to give them a try. But if they don't stick the landing, I, I am fully out. Like, we, I gave you every chance, I, I believe, in my, I, chance, in my, my eyes. The, the big reason I wanted to have this talk and get everyone in the same room, and particularly why I wanted everybody to have played both 14 and, and WoW was because I, I like, I, I look at this as like, this is the first time WoW had to come out and they weren't king and and sell us on what they have coming for us. And I grossly underestimated how hard I think they were going to go for it, how they were really, it seemed like they're fighting. It doesn't seem like they're rolling over and it also doesn't seem like they aren't aware of the fact that they made some missteps, uh, particularly in your interview with Ian, Mike, uh, where he was, he's, he seemed to really acknowledge the fact that, yeah, it took, maybe it took a while for us to learn some of these lessons. Um, so, he yeah. He felt hamstrung, which is an interesting approach by the rules that he came into, that I'd worked. And I could see, I wonder, and I got this impression from Ian, that he came into a world of arrogance because they created the biggest MMO on the planet by miles and miles and miles. You know, that, that they were holding on to this. It's kind of like a really old jaded YouTuber uh, who had 16 million subs back in 2006. And now there's, you know, 500 views per video. But back in the day, it was awesome. And talk about those Wrath of the Lich King numbers. Uh, like, this is how we did it. If you just do what we did, you'll win. Uh, we nailed it. We we got everything right. And being like, okay. <laughs> 
And it just doesn't work anymore in the modern era. All these youngs, the Zoomers, the Zoomer games took over and went in a different path that people preferred. That's that's kind of the impression I got from you in there. Yeah, I, I, I'm just talking just in the MMO space. Like, there's just there's other MMOs that are true contenders to the space because because like I'm thinking about back in the early 2000s when WoW was the top, and you were constantly hearing the term WoW killer thrown around whenever the next MMO was coming out, and none of them ever came close. Like Warhammer didn't do it, Star Wars couldn't do it. Uh, all of these, all of these games, even though I enjoyed quite a few of them, particularly Swotor, like I always ended up going back to WoW because it just it just had enough content to to keep me satiated and also it's where all my friends were. So uh now having I can honestly say Final Fantasy 14 is the MMO I have I've I've played the most of other than World of Warcraft now. So I was kind of coming to it from that perspective of oh hey, uh no one no one was the wow killer that said they were the wow killer. These other MMOs, these other games have just quietly taken notes, made solid products and they were just there for when wow made some major missteps and that's kind of ended up being the the quote-unquote wow killer there was no bravado it was just other games doing their own thing staying in their lane keeping their head down making a good product and so i was really fascinated to kind of see blitzcon this year through that through that lens and i and it's more or less uh i think i think they i think the devs know that that's kind of the the back foot that they're on um and so um yeah i I'm really cautious about retail. I'm surprised how intrigued I am about classic season of discovery. Cause before the stream even started and Kyle and I were doing commentary, I was like, man, nothing kills my interest in any game right now than the more than the word season. When I hear the word season, I'm just like, and I'm leaving. And I'm like, you're just going to rebrand the same thing over and over again to get me to try and log in every day. But Season of Discovery, to me, brings enough different to what I enjoyed about Classic that makes me really, really want to play. And I haven't played all that much Classic at all up to this point. So um, other than that, I like I like, I like Chris Meston. I, you know, I, I like most of the stories that he's told. So I, I'm not going to call from like a fire up retail day one of war within, <laughs> but I will be uh, anxiously sitting on the sidelines, you know, watching your career with great interest. You'd like that. Yeah, I, I full circled it with the star Wars reference there. I full circled. Us. Uh, yeah. Well done. Well done. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I liked it. Um, I, uh, I'm wow. is an interesting beast because having grown up with it, right. Having spent so long playing it, um, being reminded how old it is is an instant reminder of how old I am. And it's a, it's a fun, it's a fun reminder. Um, but what's interesting is thinking about how it is a product that has been around for a long time and everyone knows what it is. There are very few people that don't know what wow is. And a lot of people have made the choice whether they're going to play or not. And it's essentially like getting older. You have less days ahead than behind. And I feel like WoW has less audience to grab ahead than like, you know, there's all these people that know it exists and they've made their choice. And so it really comes down to less can we get new people and more can we just bring people home like Metzen said. And that's the key to everything moving forward is how many people are going to want to come back and play this game 
when now the thing that, you know, a lot of, I don't want to put this all on Zoomers, but younger players, when they think MMO, they think, you know, Fortnite, or they're thinking like league, things that are massively online, but like not an MMORPG where you run around. There's all these other things that you can do online with people that are quick and fast and don't require a lot of time and energy. And if you want to put in the time, you can do it, but it isn't required from you. Same thing like why TikTok is so popular. Just scrolling through microseconds of videos and I'm curious what's going to happen with WoW. Again, no one's going to kill WoW. WoW will be going on just mm-hmm. like EverQuest. and It'll go on forever. Like, it'll go on until they decide to pull the plug. But I'm curious what the next arc these three games does for it as a, com- like a company, as a game, as a dev, like where they end up at. I'm really curious about that just on like a sociological level. Will I go back right away? Probably not. I got to see what's going to happen. But if it's good, I'll play it in a heartbeat. I'll be like, yo, if everyone says this is amazing, I'm in. Let's go. But I don't I don't know if everyone's going to feel that way. I don't know what the vibe of the community is going to be. Uh, I remember at the beginning of this expansion, everyone was like, Dragonflight's it. They nailed it. They nailed it. It's back, baby. They nailed it. And now everyone's like, this is so boring. I've never been so – which is the cycle of every WoW expansion. It's it, it like hype, 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 hype. This sucks. This sucks. This, oh, hi, bye, 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 bye. And it just keeps going. So I have no clue, but I'm here to watch. And I'm very excited to see what happens because this was such a big part of my life that I want to see where it goes. I want to see what happens and uh, if they can nail it. I would be so happy if they nailed it. I have no clue. And maybe it ends up on Game Pass, which is, it could be start tapping into that Zoomer. And that would get stuff. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think bringing people back is important, but I also think it's definitely a conversation about bringing new people in as well. I feel like the MMO genre is an old genre, and it's like, how do you make it appeal for a new generation and a new audience? You know, especially with the short-form content, I feel like there's always such a high barrier to entry with MMOs because you start, you can't immediately play with your friends. You have to level 100 levels or however many levels before you can even get to the point where you play with your friends. And then, oh no, there's another barrier to entry because now you have to now gear your character and you also have to learn. And there are so many barriers to entry, which is why you don't really see any fresh blood, which is why you don't really see it appeal to a new generation. So it's kind of like, what about the core fundamentals to an MMO? You want to build a world that feels alive, that you want people to spend time in but how do you draw new people in? And I even had some ideas about that. I mean, this could be a whole conversation in itself, so I'm kind of summarizing. But it's like, do you just tie player level, your character level to the world content and everything in the open world and explore the open world? And then do you keep the end game sort of content like Mythic Plus, for example? Do you scale it like challenge mode so it will scale your player level up so you can immediately jump into it and people can experience it? I feel like there's so many things that you can do to make it appeal to everyone and kind of dust off those kind of old fundamentals, which you you can go and play classic if you like that classic classic is successful so you can do that you can experience that anyway um but make it appeal for a new generation a new audience and also have content that really gives replayability that's not there for one patch that doesn't get the development time because they're going to scrap it anyway we're already working on the next thing we can't give it can't give garrisons all the love and care that they they deserve now they've got a saga where they can put time and effort into it they keep talking about evergreen content so they can design things that are here to stay and you know i know player housing is always you know in demand and that's something that works really well in final fantasy because it gives people who don't want to just sit in raids and mythic plus all day it gives people that just want to chill a place and a way to 
do that. You can hang out with your friends in a world online and have stuff to do and have replayability. I think that's really important. And it is showing positive signs, especially, you know, We're going play, away from we? restrictions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well said. <laughs> You've been profoundly fair this entire time, Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am a bit of a positive poly. <laughs> She's not. This is on camera. Yeah, as soon yeah. as the camera's off, I'm like, the reveal. I hate this game. <laughs> I hate it. Boys. Get me out of here. I hate this game. I hate this game. <laughs> Just sitting for the memes with Mike. <laughs> and then I'll go on cast tomorrow like, Oh, welcome back. Yeah. We're in split 673. Oh, oh, no. You heard it here first. This marks the beginning of Jordan's toxic arc. It started here. Reveal. We'll have to have was... you back on to talk about it, you know? Oh, yeah. For sure. Welcome back anytime. <laughs> <laughs> don't hit me again. <laughs> Please don't hit me again. I am a gremlin. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, before we go, let uh, let everyone know where they can find you. Uh, Jordan, uh, you're OK Mage everywhere, right? I think you have like the yes, most perfect okay synergy. OK Mage everywhere. Yes. Right. Rad. Consistency uh, is key. Mike, Apparently. Preach, where can everybody find your content? Just Google Preach, Preach Gaming. You'll be fine. Google You'll me. Everything. But for the next two weeks twitch.tv forward slash echo underscore esports as you can catch me and her together most of the time uh, for the race to world first for World of Warcraft which even if you don't play anymore is a really fun event so it's uh, worth tuning in for it's the biggest event on Twitch when it's on it's good stuff it's it's, it's rad if you just like M- if you like high end MMO content yeah you should should give it a look it's a good time in general the broadcast is so much fun and mm-hmm. it's just a great way to get through the and day we explain honestly. it to uh our job is to explain it to the non-elites yeah. uh to uh make sure everyone knows what's going on and eat disgusting jelly beans like rotten egg jelly beans and stuff like that so it's great two hundred thousand dollars for charity we're doing all right all right we got 200k for mental health disorder and all we had to do was degrade ourselves for a <laughs> hell yeah <laughs> For a good, co- it's for the children. It's for the children. It is. <laughs> Jesse, how about yourself? I have no plugs for me. Go get the demo for Excuse Me, Sir, the newest game that I worked on. Uh, it is a horror game that is super weird. Go get the demo. It's on itch.io. Just look up Excuse Me, Sir. I knew nothing get about it, today. it. My Twitter oh, is full crazy. of it now. What are we playing tomorrow? Lethal something. But lethal gang, lethal squad, something like that. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I'll try that out, Jesse. It sounds good. Yeah. It's it'll you know, take like fifteen minutes. It's just a demo to see if the tech works. That's all. Are you send nice. me the link on Discord? Yeah, yeah. I got you. Thanks, man. Red. And if everyone enjoyed this and want to see more from Kyle and myself, uh, just give a subscription right here to the Grinding Gear YouTube channel. This is also where we stream. Some people are still surprised by that. But yes, we stream on YouTube. That's where we do our live content. It's also where we do all of our VOD content. So check it out. Grinding Gear on YouTube. Give it a search. Look for these two chuckleheads and give us a sub. And of course, we want to give a big shout out to our badass patrons supporting us over on our Patreon. You can support everything that Kyle and I make together by going to supportourbromance.com. It'll take you directly to our Patreon. And to our most recent patrons, thank you so much. To Matthew A., Travis M., Stupid Genius, your name, I'm not insulting a patron. John G, Tom H, Conjo88, 
is how I'm going to read that. TJ Shepard, the Super Mim collapsing vigil, Robert R. Caitlin, spelled with a C, Safi, and Amelie 97. Thank you very much, everybody, for signing up. And a huge thank you to our legendary level backers. Thank you to our OG legendaries, Sean B., Mike R., Stephen J., Das, Sean with an E-A-B, and Cheesy Bob, and our newer legendaries. Thank you so much to Chris K., Lost Mythics, Wayra E., Zervon, Compsi Jedi, Darkman, Pothy, Bloodsy Von Snugglegore, Star Johnson, Zack Zack, Avane, Shinny Geo, Nicholas C., Gazlin F., Coral, Slyn, Thalm, Catwolf, KNS, Jacob M., Jerry T., and in conjunction, Sean and Jen. Thank you so much, everybody. Kyle and I use Doghouse Systems gaming PCs. Check out doghousesystems.com and use the code BROMANCE to get yourself upgraded to a free 2 terabyte NVMe SSD drive. I love mine. And you can follow Kyle and me on Twitter. I'm Garrett Art. He's Kyle Ferguson. And we have a joint account at Garrett and Kyle. Thanks again so much for... Thanks again to everybody who joined us for this roundtable. And thank you all for watching or listening, depending on how you get this show. But until next time, GG. Take care.